This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. Hey, 602. What's going on, folks? I'm Mark Heim. I'm back. Uh, who, by the way, who, who comes back from a vacation on a Friday? This guy. Only you. Right here. You know why? Because it's the Dr. Chris from All Next Championship Drive, and I wasn't about to miss it. Uh, welcome into another edition. We're here at UMS Wright. I'm here with the one and only Elise Shervanian. And we're here for the next three hours right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Good to be back. Once again, we will take care of all your spring sports needs here. And, of course, get you all the headlines, news and notes, and fun stuff this Friday. Good morning, Mr. Shervanian, sir. Can't think of a better way to start the Friday with you back than a baseball story. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays have uh, matched history. They've opened the season with 13 straight wins. They won yesterday over Boston 9-3. to They match the 87 Brewers and the 82 Braves to open up the season at 13-0. and And they hit another bunch of home runs in the game yesterday. And they're right there among the all-time leaders in most home runs to start a season with 13 games. So the Rays will be in Toronto tonight trying to set a record for most wins to start a season. Who would think that a team with the lowest payroll or thereabouts the lowest payroll with a bunch of unknowns has uh, opened up the season in this regard? Um, There are a lot of NFL owners who are probably breathing a lot easier today with word that it looks like the Washington Commanders are going to be sold. Controversial owner Daniel Snyder apparently has reached a preliminary agreement to sell the Washington football team to a group headed by Josh Harris that would include Magic Johnson, and the price tag is a record uh, $6 billion. Now, Harris is involved in other sports. Uh, He owns the 76ers of the NBA and the National Hockey League Devils. Those programs have been successful this year. So, obviously, with, with all that's going on between Snyder, Congress, the NFL, Uh, It looks like this issue may be resolved and that he will be out of the uh, franchise, but a very, very, very wealthy person. You know, many times uh, we've been out on these championship drives and we've had changes galore. We've we've been to places where a coach one day is takes a job somewhere else. And just a few weeks ago, we were right in the middle of the hiring of the Cottage Hill football coach, Stacey Luger, the six time Uh, state champ at at other schools and we were introduced to him he sat in with us during the championship drive at cottage hill and then this week decided he was not coming to take the job so yesterday it was announced that carvel jones who actually appeared on the show with us as their track coach carvel jones who was a linebacker at troy has been a defensive coordinator at many places is going to uh be promoted we're very happy for carvel we wish him the best Before we left the show yesterday, uh, we told you that uh, the newest members of the Senior Bowl Hall of Fame have been uh, announced. Uh, Quite a selection. Tennessee Titans running back Chris Johnson, current Eagles offensive tackle Lane Johnson, former Packer outside linebacker Clay Matthews, former Eagle running back Brian Westbrook, and former Ravens offensive guard Marshall 
Yenda. And one other final story. Well, there are a lot of stories, Mark, but I want to, I'll just throw this out. Uh, Odell Beckham yesterday was introduced to the media in, in Baltimore, and he said, look, I, I signed with the Ravens, but uh, I, I am, there's no guarantee when I sign that I know that uh, Lamar Jackson uh, is coming back here to quarterback. I hope he does, he says, but I, I am not, you know, I have, was not assured that he would be the quarterback. So, you know, he kind of left that in the open. We had John Harbaugh on earlier this week, and uh, the coach of the Ravens seemed pretty well convinced that, uh, you know, he will be the quarterback. And even the general manager in comments yesterday indic- insinuated that they're working hard to uh, sign him up. Oh, good. Excellent. How you been? Um... Fine. I'm, I've been very fine. Thank you, you miss very me? Much. Of course we do. We always miss you. We kept. I mean, you didn't even say hi. You just jumped right into your scoreboard. I know. I wanted to get into a baseball story so fast to make you feel at home. Well, I missed it. I missed so it now I will say the graciousness. Welcome back. I hope you had a wonderful time with the family down at Orange Beach. Did everything go well? Yes, but we missed you, Lee. Well, I wasn't invited. Uh, no. Oh, we said we. Oh, I mean, is that you, lost in the mail? You, you ever notice how, like, head coaches, they, they don't say me or I. It's right. always we. Yeah, well, things are going well since we got here. That's what I meant. Like, things, uh, we missed you. I missed you. Did you get in the water at all? No, it was way too cold. All right, so what, what activities uh, went on there? We saw a movie. How about that? Played a little basketball, was sore for... Don't play basketball with the kids on the first day of vacation. It ruins the rest of the vacation, <laughs> guys. I was sore for days. Uh, and then uh, we saw air. So that was kind of sports-related. I, I I recommend you check it out. Watch a little basketball. Watch the play-in games. Reminded on reminded about why I don't watch a whole lot of NBA. But, yeah, so but I watched from start to finish a couple of – so, yeah, all, all was fun. Ate way too much. Partied like it was 1999. You know how it is. You seem to move okay. Well, looks are deceiving. So, but yeah, you guys have had plenty to talk about on since I've been gone. I should leave more often. Don't make a habit of it. You guys get John Harbaugh on. You get Eli Gold on. Who else did you have on? You have all these guys on. I had a uh, Roddy Cottrell set it up yesterday. He did a really good interview with Roman Harper. Roman Harper? Roman. Wow. This wasn't about what's going on today. He went deep into the the background about why he went to Alabama, that he was a, an Alabama State fan uh, growing up. Uh, he talked about the reasons he decided on Alabama. He talked about his history, that he was a quarterback but didn't like playing quarterback until he scored touchdowns and then everybody kind of rallied around him and made him feel like a big hero. It was a really, really fascinating interview. Uh, so, yeah, we, 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 we plugged in. We tried to fill the holes that you left us. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're here at UMS, right? We're going we're gonna to talk a lot of spring sports. The man, the myth, the legend just walked in. What? Matt? <laughs> no, I've been here. Oh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Jump on in. You might as well. Why? Because we missed you, too. Todd Weissong here. Beefo Brady's. How about that? How are y'all doing? How about I turn you guys up? Try that again. Good morning. There he is. Hey. How's life in the fast lane, sir? It's going well. How are y'all this morning? You still looking for the on-ramp? I'm still looking for something, yeah. Uh, Thanks for coming by again. Good morning. Yeah, it's been a great morning. I like when Dolphin Street is like flashing yellow lights. That's the best morning ever. Right. Agreed. It is. Just keep it like that all the time. The only thing, wait, 
when you got to go down Highway 98 at this hour, too, it's the same way. You can make some really good time. It was amazing this morning. That was yeah. great. Uh, so, once again, we are uh, we're going to be recognizing some student athletes thanks to you guys over at Beef O'Brady's. Uh, how was last Friday? Did anybody walk in? We, we asked people to – two weeks ago we said, do them a favor, show up at 9.45 a.m. Just to, just to make them mad. Uh, it worked. People were waiting. Did people show up at 9.45 p.m. last night? I actually, I left before then. So, uh, I mean, so at that point, I was like, you know, I was like, I don't want Mark's, you know, legacy living on. So I had to get out of there before that situation. All right. Uh, but I'm sure it was a busy day nonetheless. Yeah, it's always a busy day. We, we love Fridays. It's one of the great days. And, you know, people are out and about. People are on vacation. I mean, this is ridiculous. I'm just glad Lee picked up your slack all week. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah, his, his, uh, his back must be, you know, sore from carrying the show for a whole week without me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, what's cooking at Beef O'Brady's these days? Uh, Same old, same old. You know, today's fish and chips. You know, right now, of course, with a few schools on spring break this week, whatever else we'd uh, for those people that are out and about, let's come on by during the daytime. Uh, We're open at ten o'clock this morning, and uh, you know, be cooking everything up this morning, ready to go. All right. uh, Today's special is fish and chips. Yep. Yeah. All right, so we talk about it every Friday, but tell everybody what some of the specials are on other days that aren't Friday. Uh, we do Burger Monday, uh, Taco Tuesday, uh, Wing Wednesday, so you can do 99 cent traditional wings or buy basically buy six, get six free on boneless, or buy 12, get and buy 10, get 10 free on boneless on Wednesday. Thursday is our Steak Philly Day, and then, of course, Fish and Chips on Friday. And if you're part of our loyalty program, um, you get double points on the weekends. All right. And then uh, what is that Lee likes to go for? The, the shrimp bowl. bowl. The he shrimp loves bowl, the shrimp bowl. Yes. And it's still, it's still going strong? It's our, actually, I just changed the whole name. I just said it's the Lee special. I was going to ask if you were going to rename it for Lee. <laughs> I went ahead and just did it because I knew it was just that up there. It was epic. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, so, again, uh, we you guys open at 10, and, of course, you guys are hiring, right? So if, Yeah, you know, just like anything right now, people are out there. It's about coming into spring break now. We're getting into summertime mode. So if your kids are looking for something for the summertime, we're willing to be, you know, reasonable, negotiable, everything to try to make sure we get some good people on staff. Um, it's just it's family oriented. It's very uh, Christian oriented. So we want to make sure that we get everybody there that you know wants to enjoy work and you know have a good environment. All right, so go check it out. Beef O'Brady's open at ten. Tell everybody where you're located. Forty four nineteen Rangeline Road, right in front of Lowe's. Uh, open ten to well ten to ten tonight. Ten to nine mostly during the week. Ten um, fifteen or so. Yes, yeah, so whatever you know when 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 Mark gets there is ten fifteen. So uh, all right, so today on the docket uh, we're gonna start with baseball, some soccer, uh, and hour number one. Um, in hour number two, we'll talk some tennis and some golf. Track coming up in hour number three. Terry Curtis scheduled to join us as well. Uh, throughout the course of our Fridays when we come to our campus, we always like to get an alum. Uh, that is scheduled as well. Hang on, and we'll tell you what that's all about coming up. But let's get you started with scoreboard traffic and weather. We're off and running on our Dr. Christopher Monex championship drive. Mark and Lee in Air Sports One. We're on the campus of UMS, right? It's Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP, and WNSP.com. This is Andrew Bell, Alabama former quarterback. You're listening to WNSP 105.5.
13 welcome in on our dr christopher monix championship drive edition of the opening kickoff mark and lee and air sports one we're on the campus of ums right uh we're so close to harvey and uh, thomas orthodontics they're one of our sponsors they're located across the street we got the uh, will barnes family of mcdonald's restaurants joining us today along with greer's markets and cash saver and rich's car wash we're going to talk softball and baseball and welcome in the two coaches respectively for softball uh, Mike Blaylock. Mike, good morning. How are you today? Morning, guys. Great. How y'all doing? Good. And uh, baseball, good friend of mine, one of the best left-handed relief pitchers <laughs> ever to come out of a wheel, Kevin Raley. But let's go further. Kevin, I want to congratulate you, and I was glad you came on, well, very close to the uh, top of the hour. You just got cited by the Alabama High School Athletic Association going over 700 career wins. Congratulations. Yep. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that's at Robertsdale and here at UMS, right? We're GW, GW Long All right. in Robertsdale and here. What was your first win? Can you remember back that far? I believe it was like March the 3rd, 1989. We beat Dale County. See, uh, coaches always remember the losses more so than the wins. <laughs> so, But over 700 victories. Yeah, well, that's what my wife said. She said, she said, well, if you win tomorrow at 700, and then she kind of looked at me, and she said, how many losses do you have? How many do <laughs> said, you have? Oh, about 450, I would yeah, imagine. I don't know. pretty good record. <laughs> Mike, what's softball doing these days? We are we're rebuilding. Uh, uh, it's been a tough year for us, but uh, we, we did not have a team last year. Uh, oh, that's right. We were here in, yeah, we were looking for the lost softball team. Couldn't find it. Yeah, we did, and we, we just didn't have enough to play. Graduated four seniors uh, the year before that, and, and uh, rebuilding, but man, what a what a group of girls we have now uh, who want to play, and and that's what I was harping on when in that season we didn't have a season. Uh, I didn't want just anybody playing. I wanted those who wanted to play, and uh, these girls have really showed up and, and wanted to play this year. Uh, the record doesn't show it, but the effort does. All right. So, what's your next uh, game coming up? We actually play today, uh, Bayshore Christian here at UMS at five. So are they as good game. in softball as they are in fast in the hardball? Well, <laughs> we we beat them last time we played them. So uh, and it was a really good game. Uh, it was it was probably one of the wildest games I've been a part of. We scored 15 runs in one inning, and uh, we batted around twice. It was uh, it was phenomenal, phenomenal effort uh, on our part. And you know it was much more like a football score. And I thought game. Minnesota scoring nine on the Yankees was good. 15 <laughs> runs in one. Yeah. We did. And that's the most I've I believe I know as a head coach I've ever scored. Um, and and you know they're not a they're not a bad team, um, you know one through nine they look really good. Their pitching was uh, decent, and we just we had 16 hits in the game. They they struggled with walks. I think we had one batter who who walked three times in that inning. So she came around a third time and and, and scored three runs. So. Uh, it was big for us. Kevin, your team, I believe, is ranked fourth, or no, sixth in 4A right now. Yes, is this a uh, contender for state honors, do you think? Do you have that kind of talent? Well, I think so, yeah. You know, we, uh, we, we've got some pitching. You know, um, we've just got to continue to, uh, to, to improve at the plate defensively. Uh, we've been pretty solid all year long. So we start, we go to Munford a week from today against a really good team, and uh, we'll see. Okay, is that like to open up? Uh, yes, sir. First round. First round. Yes, sir. Are you done with regular season? No, sir. Uh, we go to Gulf Shores today, and then we've got uh, Spanish Fort here tomorrow, and then we got Mobile Christian here Monday. We'll I think all three aren't all three of those programs ranked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gulf Shores is having a really good year. Mm -hmm. So year in and year out, you have a, 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 a bulldog who gets drafted. Any such players on your roster this year that look good? 
Well, we've got some good players for sure. Um, Owen Ward, I think, is going to Northwest Florida Community College. He used to be uh, Oklahoma Walton. Uh, Mikey's son, Cole, obviously playing football at uh, South Alabama. That's your son? Yeah. You don't but, even look that old. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> that boy, Mikey. Yeah, I've been here. I mean, I'll finish my wow. 17th year teaching here. I've been coaching yep. here since 0102. Yep. So it's been a long time with one year in so between. Cole's going to South Alabama still? Yes, he is. Very great. proud of that. Yeah, had a great, great year. Go ahead. Well, wait, wait, wait. well his son, uh, Mike, Cole's our three-hole guy. And, uh, you know, he's an athlete. And, you know, we got some good players. You know, Cole, Cole could pop, he could play uh, college baseball also. But, uh, you know, the football route is not a bad deal at all either. <laughs> all right. So, guys, uh, as we talk about every week, uh, the fine folks at BFO Brady has recognized student athletes in each sport. Uh, so they will get a complimentary entree over there at Tillman's Corner at the BFO Brady's over there. So tell us about, in softball, Hope Laylock. And, yeah. uh, and tell us about Olin Ward in baseball. Well, Hope, well, my, again, uh, yeah. a child of mine, uh, just a, a great athlete. She's a volleyball uh, athlete as well as softball, and, and uh, she's really team leader on our team and um, several hits, huge hits. Um, she and our leadoff hitter uh, got on base six times in that game where we scored 15 runs in one inning, and, and they both scored six times, uh, and she's just been a phenomenal leader for our team. and uh, It's kind of nice that your daughter is one of the best on your team, but, uh, you know, she loves these, these girls that are with her and, um, and they work well together. And, uh, you know, we talk about being a good teammate and, and, uh, it's kind of tough coaching your kids, you know, sometimes. And, uh, but, but she's, she showed out this year and she's our catcher. She's, she's done a really phenomenal job back there and got a high average, uh, not a lot of at bats so far, but, uh, very high average and very proud of that. And, and tell, tell us about Olin. He's been real uh, consistent all year, hitting right at 500. I think he's got five saves out of the bullpen. Um, he's just had a really good year for us. You know, he's done a great job at third base, and you know, he just we're just proud of what, he, uh, uh, what he's been able to do so far. Kevin, what's the personality of the team this year, the uh, UMS Red Bulldogs team? Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I like what we've got. I like the team. I like what we've got. You know, I mean, they they, they practice hard. You know, they, they you know the thing here at UMS is they do a lot of stuff together. You know, and that's one of the things that's unique to this place. You know, the kids hang out together, and this group hangs out together, and, you know, we like them. Is there any particular game that kind of gave you an indication this team has the, the moxie to go all the way this year? Any particular comeback or anything yeah. like that? Actually, it was a loss. It was at Mississippi, in Mississippi. We were playing Madison Central, uh, just a, one of the top-ranked teams over there. And we lost the lead in the uh, bottom of the seventh, and they ended up losing in the tenth inning. But you, you could tell that, you know, we, we've got what we need. It's just, are we going to decide to do it? You mentioned your pitching. Are you deep enough in pitching? Do you have, like, oh, a yeah. big three to take oh, yeah. to carry we, we, Oh, yeah. We've got three starters. They've done a phenomenal job all year. Uh, we've got actually two closers. we got a kid named Andy Purvis, who's a tenth grader. And I think Andy might have four saves. So him and Olin have done a wonderful job out of the bullpen all year. Think you'll be around for a thousand wins? <laughs> what's, the yeah, record, Lee. What's, what's the record in the state? Do you know? I'm you know, I think it's like over 1,200. Uh, Coach Coach Booth at Hartsville uh, saw an article on that uh, the other day. Because I know you have a football coach here who's oh, you know, yeah. got all kinds of records when it Bunch comes of to them. winning, right? Yep. All right. Well, it's great to see you, Kevin. We wish you the best. And, and Mike, congratulations on getting that program back on its feet. 15 Thank you run. so much. What's the most runs you had in an inning this year? Dude, it ain't 15. <laughs> we, have, we, we don't score 15 in a game. <laughs> you, know, you know what's amazing? I was listening to the Sports Center this morning. So Minnesota scores nine runs in the first inning, and yet that game only took like two hours and 20 minutes. To I, I'm, I'm liking that now. Yeah. 
do you have speeded up games here? Or? Well, I mean, our guys are on, on and off quick. You know, we don't have the guys that step out and fix their batting gloves every pitch. And, you know, so an average high school game is about two hours, 205. It's not bad. Not bad at all. No. no. And softball is probably quicker, right? Yeah, we're we're a lot faster. A lot. And they, they run us on and off. And you have one minute, one minute between innings and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. They're trying to speed it up. But. Softball is a is a more fast paced game. Now, do you start region play too? Will you be involved? We're we're actually we have area tournament, and that'll be the week after next. It'll be somewhere between April twenty eighth and May fourth. Um, so so we'll we'll go to that. Our our region our area is very tough this year. Orange Beach, Mobile Christian, St. Michael's, and us. And you know they're Orange Beach and Mobile Christian are two of the top ranked in the state. Kevin, who's the team to beat in four A? Uh, I'm gonna say you and Miss Wright. All right, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, can't thank y'all enough for getting up early with us. Uh, best of luck the rest of the way, and uh, thanks for stopping by. Thank y'all so much. Thanks. All right, so coming up here, uh, we're at UMS Wright, which is uh, where we'll be throughout the course of our morning for our Dr. Christopher Monick's championship drive. Coming up, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with some uh, soccer coaches here at UMS. Uh, Dr. Christopher Monick will join us as well. Uh, Alec Naiman scheduled to join us in hour number two as well. We'll find out what's going on with him. We'll talk some track in hour number three. Pat Gailey and, of course, Terry Curtis, football coach here at UMS Wright, scheduled to join us as well. We are jam-packed on a Friday edition. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP, and online at WNSP.com. Stay with us. Again, here on a Friday edition, it's the Dr. Christopher Monick's Championship Drive. Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports 1 here on the campus of UMS Wright. All right, let's thank some of our sponsors for being with us for this Championship Drive here at UMS Wright, including uh, the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm, uh, also LNS Air Conditioning, Ward International Trucks, and uh, Todd and Beefo Brady's at Tillman's Corner. All right, let's check in on soccer and welcome in the uh, two soccer coaches here at UMS Wright, Christy Alford. Christy, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? Good update us on soccer here, girls soccer. Girls soccer. We are in a rebuilding year. Uh, we lost six senior starters last year, so we knew this year would be a little tough. Uh, but my girls are working hard, and we're getting through it. What's next on uh, schedule? We have St. Paul's tonight. We go Ooh. to St. Paul's, yes. Oh, mm-hmm. is that a big rivalry like <laughs> it is in football? Of course. It so, is. Um, your, what's your background to get – I know you said you're in your seventh year here. Did you play soccer here? Um, I am from San Antonio, Texas, uh, but I came to University of Mobile to play soccer. So I played my four years there and then went back to Texas to be the grad assistant at UT for their women's soccer program. Texas University? That's right. Hook them. Wow. 
Yes, and sir. Then, so then the, you got promoted to UMS Wright from Texas. Exactly. Delaware. Sounds good. It looks That's good a great resume. promotion. I, I agree. Joe, you're an Army brat, aren't you? Air Force. Air, Air Force. Force. Yes, sir. Please don't ever. Yeah, no, we're, we're aim high. <laughs> well, it's all military. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, but there's the inner service. Uh... I thought he was coming across the table for a second there. Really. I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen there. Yeah, I mean, I got yeah, you they, back, but only to some they, degree they, here. They, they teach us young back in the day. So, <laughs> so uh, how, what, tell us about your soccer background. Uh, well, like I said, I was a military brat uh, growing up. Um, <laughs> kind of old, so soccer wasn't as developed as it is today. Um, well, if you're that old, you might want to stick around when he does his Medicare uh, commercial then, if you're really that old. Well, actually, you know, I have been researching that. I'm a year away from it. So. <laughs> I got a guy. We'll talk <laughs> off the air. I got a guy. Is that really? You're, uh, yeah. you're 64? No, 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 no. <laughs> I just I have to plan ahead a little bit. I'm, all right, you know, I'm, a, for I'm you. an AARP member, though, so, you know, it's... <laughs> Aren't we all? So uh, you, you started, where did you start playing? I started playing when I lived in Germany. Um, we were, uh, you know, you, you live there, you have no choice, you know, and so for three years it was 24-7 and came back here to um, um, United States and played a little bit in Virginia, uh, you know, just, you know, club stuff. And in Nebraska, there's nothing there, no offense, but, uh, you know, so, but then I went to the South, um, Got my degree. But you started. didn't play soccer at South. No, 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 sir. No, 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 I did not. So how'd you wind up here at UMS Wright? Well, I'm a retired uh, public school teacher. Uh, taught at M uh, Mary Montgomery, B.C. Rain, and then I uh, also taught at uh, St. Mary's for a while and helped work with the uh, McGill Tulin soccer program some as well. So. Doing pretty well this year, aren't you? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. They're very excited. Uh, it's been a it's been a great year for the guys. They uh, they've gelled really well. Gotten used to my style of coaching for the most part. So twelve and three. Yes, sir. What's yes. up? Uh, what's next on the schedule? <laughs> Got St. Paul's today. You're, you're also St. Yes, Paul's. Sir. Yes, like, sir. Like, does you play first or second? How does that work? What's the ladies first? Ladies first. And you're both at the same field then. Yes, yes, sir. That makes it easier. Let's. Who are the players, Mark? All right. So our players of the week, thanks to Beefo Brady, Sailor Parker for the women's soccer team. Coach, tell us a little bit about uh, what Miss Parker's been able to accomplish this year. Sailor Parker is easily our best defender on the team. She's uh, one of our starting center backs. Uh, she's been on varsity since her seventh grade year. She's now junior. Uh, she's just a hard worker, great defender, uh, coachable, good all-around kid. Very cool. Well, congratulations. And, of course, for the men, um, Ethan Munson. Mr. Vertically Challenged, and I can say that because I know Ethan. <laughs> yeah, I think my whole squad, with the exception of just a few of them, are vertically challenged. So, uh, so we don't ever win, or, win headers. It <laughs> gives a new meaning to the word coach them up, coach. Yeah, coach them up. Do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ethan is, uh, is a fantastic player. Uh, um, definitely I would I, one of the best in the, in the county, if I would say so. Um, but uh, he's a he's a great leader. Uh, like I said, great kid. Uh, they all are. They're they're all amazing kids. Him and my other captain, Wes, are uh, done a really good job of you know getting these guys together and uh, getting them focused for matches and stuff like that. So definitely a benefit of why we're um, the record that we have and stuff. So very cool. Well, we want to thank you guys for stopping by, and we want to wish you the best of luck uh, coming up here. I know it's a big day for you guys. Yeah. Do yeah. we? Do we treat this day any differently, or we try? Are they all the same? I'm using air quotes for those without Absolutely radio. Absolutely not. This is St. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> we we say that, but actually, it was like Whoa. we got to be ready. Well, we thank you all very much for stopping by. We really do. It was great thank having you. you guys on, and we appreciate you all uh, uh, coming by.
Well, Best thanks of luck. for having us. Thank you guys very much. Right, I might want to listen to this next message. Oh, oh. Well, how about that? So, yeah, so if you're close to the age of 65 or you're within a year of retirement, or if you like to plan way ahead like certain coaches here at UMS Wright, uh, you need to get in touch with Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors. He's been in the Medicare business for more than 13 years. He's an independent agent, works with multiple carriers, and he's helped hundreds of individuals in Mobile and Baldwin counties. So he doesn't sell Medicare insurance. What he does is helps you navigate all the questions you might have uh, when it comes to Medicare. So uh, whether you're uh, with on your company insurance and whether or not you need to get Medicare, maybe you need a different type of Medicare insurance, he can help you navigate all those issues. So he's knowledgeable and he's local and he has a physical address. So you can go by and see him uh, on Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet, or he can come to you. Give him a call. There's never a fee for his services. Call him at 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Check it out at MedicareInsuranceAdvisors.com. Aiden Marks, Medicare Insurance Advisors, Lee. So we got the uh, Old Chill rivalry going tonight, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Does the athletic director, football coach, come out <clears throat> and uh, size up these games? Oh, yeah. We, we see we see Coach Curtis all the time. So, yeah, it's uh, – <laughs> I never – I being – at MGM, I did not. I understand the rivalry of this old shell road of these three schools. So it's uh, it's. it's Christy can tell you about it. Yeah, she tells me. It's about, fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the things in the interview process. You do know that we uh, we face. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Are the officials aware of the rivalry, though? Do they let a little bit more go, or are they a little bit more strict? It depends on your official. You know, there are some guys that like to let it run, and then there's other guys that if you uh, you, you touch them, we're going to nip that in the bud. We're nipping that in the bud. Yeah, so I it's uh, I usually try to keep my mouth shut, and just let them. What? Yeah, I'm a very quiet person. <laughs> Which one of you are more vocal on the sidelines? Uh, Give you one guess. Coaches over there. She's a she's a tough one. She's the one that scares everybody. <laughs> No, that would be me. So, Christy, when Texas <laughs> plays Alabama this year, uh, do you wear you don't wear your UT color, do you? Of that, course, I do. During that week, oh yeah. Because I and my and my past history at UMS Wright, there seems to be a lot of allegiance to Alabama here. That's why I was curious. There is. My husband is an Alabama fan, so yes. But you actually have it's Texas, a rough week. Texas gear in the house. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got tons she, of Texas she'll gear. She'll wear it here, too. She'll wear it here, Yeah, too. usually Texas Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Every Tuesday. Thank you, She's guys. She's brave, always, I'm telling you. Always, uh, always fun, man. Good luck to you guys, uh, and we'll be in touch. Thanks Thank for you. stopping by. Thank you. All right, we got a couple minutes. If you guys want to jump in at 694-1055, that is the number. Uh, we can get in on a whole number of topics throughout the course of our day here on WNSP. Uh, we're, we're scheduled to be joined by some more coaches coming up here in just a little bit, but you guys can uh, you guys can jump in. Um, three Alabama football players, Lee, uh, will be attending the draft. Um, Bryce Young, no no big surprise. Bryce Young, Will Anderson, and uh, Brian Branch. How about that? April 27th, coming up in a couple weeks. Betting line is favoring Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud now. That came out yesterday. In fact, according to FanDuel, and, and this was in a story, I think it was Mike Rodak, AL.com, published it, that they said last or this week 81% of the betting money is on Bryce Young to go to, to uh, Carolina first over Houston, which 
would then perhaps settle on CJ. But here's the deal. We're only two weeks away now, basically, from the draft, April 27th. So you're going to hear a lot of stories coming out, what's right, what's wrong. Uh, A lot of GMs like to camouflage what they're going to do. But um, it, it, I guess it would be really a, a shocker if if either or is not picked one and two. It, it, not necessarily in that order, one, two, two, one, whatever. But according to uh, Mike's story, uh, the, the gambling sites are favoring uh, Bryce Young to go number one. Interesting uh, about Branch because th- it's not a certainty that he goes in the first round. Um, but I'm and we kind of have this conversation every year, right? So, if you if there's a possibility that you don't get picked high or go in the first round, do you still accept the invite? Because there's always that camera in the green room. I'm kind of the belief though that man, it's the NFL draft. You know you're going to get drafted at some point. Go enjoy the moment. Go have the draft. I know you might be sitting there a little bit longer than you, you would have liked, but I'm all for taking in that experience and enjoying that moment, even if it means hanging out for a while. Even though it's in Kansas City? Yeah. All right. By the way, uh, the last time Alabama had a <laughs> where would you rather where, where would you rather it be? Well, in the past, it was always New York, so you always got a nice trip to New York. I, Vegas would be nice to visit. They had one there. Uh, I'm sure Kansas City is lovely. I've been there, and it's okay. All right. That's fine. If, that, if, that, if that's your destination, fine. Good for you. Um from, I'm told they have great barbecue there. I'm not sure. Do they have a beef for Brady's there? No. Okay, well, then what's the point? Really, what's the point of going? No, seriously. And I've done play-by-play <laughs> done play there. It's a great little city. But, yeah, if I had my choice, I'd prefer New York or Vegas or something like that. But the last time Alabama had a quarterback drafted overall number one was 1948. May come up as a Chick Fil A next week. We'll see. Wow. Okay. All right. So let's do this. Let's uh, let's take a break here. We come back. We'll wrap up hour number one. Our Dr. Christopher Monick's championship drive. Uh, Mark and Lee. We're in Air Sports One. We're on the campus of UMS Wright. It's Sports Radio 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. Stay with us. Hi, this is Philip Rivers, football coach at St. Michael Catholic. You're listening to WNSP Sports Radio. All right, welcome back in. We're wrapping up hour number one here, the Dr. Chris Monick's championship drive, Mark and Lee. In Air Sports One, we're on the campus of UMS Wright. Uh, Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery, our title sponsor. And as Mark pointed out, we are broadcasting live from uh, UMS Wright. The, normally we have coaches coming on, but they're having meetings now. So some of the coaches will be kind of filtering in after uh, 730 so this is kind of a, a, a different organization out here at UMS Wright because, like I say, they have a, a coaches meeting going on now or a breakfast or something to that degree. So that gives me a chance to talk to my favorite dental implant uh, specialist, surgeon, uh. sir, oral surgeon, uh, Chris Mullinex. Chris, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning, guys. How are you? 
You know, I'm going to put dental implants on the back burner today. I want you to talk about wisdom teeth. I had a, uh, a, a co-host this week, and his son was getting his wisdom teeth pulled. But I think he and, – and I also like um, my, gr- my granddaughter. And, like, they're in their teens. When's the best time to get those out? Absolutely, Lee. Well, the ideal time for most people is around 15 to 17. This is when they're not quite fully developed. They haven't come through yet or they haven't come through completely. And they're just a little bit easier to remove, uh, less surgery, less complications, less recovery. But really, it can be any age depending on if there's a problem. We take them out in younger kids if they're causing problems with teeth erupting into the mouth properly. We take them out in older patients for different reasons. Usually, if these teeth are allowed to come in, They're a non-functional set of teeth. They're very hard to keep clean over the course of a lifetime, so they're prone to decay, fracture. They can also damage adjacent teeth, cause crowding, and they can develop other things like cysts around them. So they're really a bad apple, and they should be taken care of uh, as early in life as possible. If you're an adult and you still have yours, sometimes we don't recommend removal, but most of the time we would still recommend removal to avoid a problem down the road. Why do they call them wisdom teeth if they're such a pain? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, because they were coming in at about the time most people are considered to be reaching adulthood, late teens, early 20s, so they call them the wisdom tooth, but in reality they're not very smart because they're not needed. Uh, you, we talk about no referrals needed, and that's a great thing. Uh, certainly a highly recommend for me, but let me ask you this. Day of appointment, if somebody has an issue today, how can they reach your office? Absolutely, Lee. Phone number 251-471-3381, and we're on the web at mobileoralsurgery.com. Does anybody ever go through life keeping their wisdom teeth? Oh, sure. You know, the older patients, we see 80- and 90-year-old patients with wisdom teeth who, you know, did not have access to care, and certainly technology and dental treatment has advanced in the last 75 years. So uh, there are a few older patients that still have uh, one or more wisdom teeth. More and more of the younger generations are getting these out earlier in life because they realize there's a huge lifetime benefit to not having your wisdom teeth. Chris, as always, a pleasure. Uh, we'll check in with you next Friday. We'll be at Sarah Land High School. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Hey, guys, we can jump. You guys can jump in at 694-1055. One of the things that uh, we're going to talk to Terry Curtis up, uh, coming up about uh, later in our show is the uh, – Tweak, I guess, is a good word, a good way of putting it. With the 7A football playoff rotation, um, I'm not sure how much of it you talked about, Lee, over during the course of the week. But your thoughts on the idea that the central board kind of approved this new playoff format just for Class 7A? Yeah, and, and all it means is, let's say, we'll use Region One. They'll rotate instead of always playing Region Two. And as you know, there's only 32 teams in uh, 7A, and they play one less game in the postseason. But in starting out, let's say 1A, uh, let's say a Mary G. Montgomery in the postseason um, normally would play a 2A or a Region 2. Instead, they'll rotate. Maybe start out with a Region 3 or maybe start out with Region 4. And so that way they're just going to change every year. Instead of 1 versus 2, it might be 1 versus 3 or 1 versus 4 and vice versa. So that's the only change. Um, it, it's... I, I guess it's the, the coaches really don't care that much about it. Well, they say they don't care. Well, they don't. I mean, what difference does it make who you're going to open up with? My point is, I mean, let's be realistic. Look at the teams that dominate, like uh, Thompson, Hoover, 
schools like that. So I guess you wouldn't want to open up with them in, in, the, in the first round. But it, it, it'll just it, – it'll put you it, – it'll avoid playing teams that maybe you faced during the regular season in a sense – uh, by doing this this format to me it, it's not a big deal it's just maybe it's more travel i, I don't really i didn't look well, at, yeah, I think at three it, and four but i mean you still like i said the 7a is so different than the others because you play a fewer game well i think it goes against it it goes counter to why we play the format the way that we do which is why I brought it up, because if we're doing it for 7A, why aren't we doing it for others? Is it simply because the same teams keep winning and we're trying to mix it up? Are we saying that the best teams in, in, in high school football reside in certain regions and it's not fair to the other region that plays them? Like Thompson's in Region 3, they've won three of the last four, right? Or no, they've won the last four. Um, so are we saying that we're trying to mix it up because the region that they play doesn't feel like it's fair? Because that's not the right reason to do it. Because there was always this push in other sports, too, based on how successful different regions of the state are, that it's not fair that all the good teams are up north. Why do they have to play each other? And, and the south gets an easier easier um, path to the state championship, for instance. Now, that's a good question for Terry Curtis when he joins us. He's, I, I think he's still on the central board. I, I don't know for sure. So I'm I'm guessing he was, you know, at that meeting, you know, what would trigger something like that. But like I said, you know, you, you're right. Most of the teams are in that, you know, three and four, and it's very difficult for our teams down here. Um, so obviously pitting them up against, you know, you don't want to open up against a Thompson, I wouldn't think, or a Central Phoenix City or a school like that. Um, it's – I don't really have an answer for you, Mark, because like I said, I haven't studied it that much. Um it, it really, to me, was not a blowout piece of information when the Central Board met this week. And obviously, I guess as we get closer to the state tournament, it might become a bigger issue. And would you guys rather see a system in all sports, for that matter, where it's a, it, where we reconfigure and it's not so much the same regions battling each other or in that first round where we're seeing a little bit more travel but it winds up being a little bit more balanced over the long haul, meaning, and, and I'll use, I mean, we can use whatever sport as an example, though. If, if if we have two highly ranked regions going at each other year in, year out, would you rather them split up in the first round so that they ultimately meet when it matters most? I don't have a problem with the change. I mean, change in sports is we see it every in all sports now. They change the playoffs. They change uh, uh, baseballs having a number of changes. So I don't have a problem with it. I mean, it, it might make for more interesting uh, matchups in the first round other than what was seen in the past. Same well, teams facing same teams. And, and again, I don't, I don't have enough knowledge about, you know, who's where and who would be playing. So you'd like to see go 6A, 5A, 4A, and so on? Uh, as well, far as I, what I, what, this is a really poor comparison, but it would be like, well, the SEC East is really good, so the SEC West isn't going to compete for them to get to the conference championship. Let's go play, you know, one of the divisions in the, the Pac-12, right? Because, man, that East is always really tough. That's a, that's a really poor comparison, but the idea is we don't like who we have to cross with, so let's change who we're crossing with. Well, I'd like to know who started, where this idea came from in 7A, who, who triggered it, 
who got it going to uh, to precipitate the change. And like I said, we're very fortunate that you know Coach Curtis, who's on the board, uh, is here and he can maybe answer that. All right. So coming up here in hour number two, we're going to uh, we're going to talk to the principal here of uh, UMS Wright, uh, Rick Cleveland, and. Uh, uh, and his boys' team will be on the docket. Tennis team will be on the docket as well. We'll talk to John Rochetti. We'll talk some golf with some of the folks here at UMS as well. Uh, in hour number three, Terry Curtis is expected to join us here, so continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. Uh, Lee Trevanian's in the house. I'm back. You guys know anybody that comes back from vacation on a Friday? This guy right here. I missed you, Lee. I missed you. Uh, so I, I thought maybe it was just because you get – paid more to come here on a friday that's not it we do <laughs> i don't know alicia rainy must be making that money i don't know about all that i know why you came back to see todd i do have some uh, contractual the, uh, obligations on. here you with todd Weissong. don't use me you came back because you and todd are so bonded at the hip yeah i, I thought he and i were doing the show I, I, I rolled up and and you were here i thought you were taking the day off that's not in my contract. It was a it was a it was a tough week without me, Holly. A very tough week. Yeah. You very glad tough. I'm back? Of course I am. You know that goes without I told you that before you left. <laughs> you just wanted to get it out the way just in case yeah, you forgot when I got forgot. back. Yeah, That's we're gonna miss you, Mark. But that kind of week. Take it's your like, time take your like, time getting back. We're gonna miss you. So doped up on medicine for my allergies. I can't Ooh. remember what happened yesterday. What kind of medicines are you on? The usual you junkie. Oh, a junkie? I think anybody who has a sinus infection can pretty well tell you that they're on a, and, and I ran into a lot of people this week. I talked to a lot who are. What are, what are the side effects? Of my medicine? Yeah. Oh, I don't read I that I want to stuff. exploit them over the next two hours. Mark, I don't read that stuff. Are you kidding? You don't scary. read the side effects? Are you well, kidding me? Well, how do you feel now that might be different than what you normally feel? That could be constitute anybody, side effects. Can anybody read the side effects on that? That it's like are you feeling, different Are you things? feeling dizzy? Well, let's just Loss say, of appetite? Bleeding from the ears? Anything? Nothing? Depression? Yeah, depression. Only since you came back. Yeah, yeah you missed me. All right, hour number two is next right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. It's the Dr. Christopher Mullinex championship driver at UMS Right, right here on the sports station. Stay with us. Opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right. Uh, Mark's back in the uh, Air Sports 1. He's had his picture taken. He's getting the... Uh, autographs, so forth, celebrity status that is so accustomed to somebody coming back after being off for four days. Welcome back. Hey, it's good to be back. I missed you, Lee. Terribly. I, I, Todd, I told people. Does he, do you, do you detect a, a little hint of sarcasm? Oh. No. No. All right, some of the headlines. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, 13 wins in a row. 
Yesterday uh, at the station, I had uh, somebody who uh, is very important to me ask me, does anybody care? I said, well, it is a national story. The team starts out 13-0, and and they're only one win away from an all-time record. So, yeah, to a degree, maybe not in this station or maybe not in Mobile, but uh, congratulations to a team that's about the lowest payroll team in, in Major League Baseball. It looks like the Washington Commanders are going to be sold. Uh, the price tag, $6 billion. Magic Johnson's involved, although I doubt he's footing most of the money, but uh, Josh Harris is the pr- principal and it looks like Daniel Snyder may be on the way out. Uh, that's we got the uh, play-in game still going on with the NBA coming up tonight. And I do want to mention, uh, because we've taken so many trips out on the championship drive, that this has been a very unusual year where it seems like we talk to a coach and before you know it, he's going somewhere else. And that happened at Cottage Hill. Stacy Luger, who we met in person and had on the air with us, the new coach at Cottage Hill, decided this week not to take the job. And we're happy that Carvel Jones, the uh, track coach, is being promoted to that position. And equally as happy to introduce the, uh, well, principal here, uh, the main man at the UMS Wright, Wes Latham, who I've known for so many years, but of course I go back to when your father was coaching at BC Rain and, and the great success he had, Wes. How are you this morning? Doing great, Lee, doing great. Uh, you know, glad to be here. Um, yeah, we, we, we go back a long way, uh, yeah. all the way back to the late you, 70s you and early 80s. You played at Murphy, though, right? Yeah. Right, I played at Murphy. Uh, I think my freshman year at Murphy was my dad's last year coaching at BC Rain. So uh, you never could... How did that work that you didn't play for him? Well, you know, it was probably good I didn't play for him. Um, but then I played for Larry Henderson, which was a- about the same as, as playing for my dad. Um, just the, the relationship they had, and, you know, he treated me like a like a son also. And, and uh, for people that have played sports for their dad, they, they know exactly what I'm talking about when I say he treated me like a son uh, out there. But, uh Great man, and, and learned so much from him when I was when I was playing there. Wes, I don't remember the timeline. I mean, it goes way way back. Were you on the championship team, the last Murphy championship team? No, we played for it twice um, in ninety no eighty nine and ninety, and, and got beat in the championship game. Got beat by Aniston one year and uh, Jess Lanier one year. So you've moved up through the ranks. You coached. And where did you coach? So I started, I came back to Murphy after graduating from college, um, then went to Faro High School with Mark Laster, um, and then went to Foley with Todd Watson. Um, came here after about 16 years in public school. I was actually on campus at UMS Wright for my dad's retirement, um, right in this building behind me. And uh, as we were sitting there doing the, the, the retirement party for my dad, Terry and, and Doug Barber and Tony Havard all came up to me and said, well, we got Latham leaving. Can we get another one in here? I said, where do I sign up? You know, and, and uh, the rest is history. I've been here since then. You know, so as soon as he walked out the door, the night of graduation, as soon as he got everybody across stage and all the names read off, uh, they called me and offered me the job, and and I took it. So. Okay, and, you know, you, you played at Murphy. I'm assuming Terry Curtis was there as an assistant coach at that time. Terry was maybe? there for one year, and All then right. he took the head coaching job at Shaw. Shaw High School. Right. So how is it like being his boss now? <laughs> I don't think I'm anywhere near his boss. We uh, we communicate a lot, um, you know, from the, from the athletic standpoint. Um, and, uh, 
you know, it's, just, it's easy to, to go in there and whether we're going to his office or he comes to my office or just sitting around the, the, the cafeteria table and talking about things. Um, you know, he's, he's been around. He's done just about everything you can possibly imagine and, and handled about every kind of situation you can possibly imagine. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to, to sit there and, and, and have those conversations. Okay, so if they don't have a good game, you don't call them in and <laughs> so, <laughs> he's, a, the, he's a legend. Let's face it. He's got what more state titles than I think anybody. In he's football? yes, and uh, you know. And then he, of course he just broke the the all time record in the state of Alabama for wins. And so, yeah, he. Uh, I do give him a little rough time, especially when I first got out of coaching over here and, and was in the um, administrative role. It was it was hard for me to, especially on Friday nights. It was really hard for me to hang that up and. And I step away from it. Uh, I've gotten better, I think. They may disagree, but I've gotten, I think I've gotten better with that. Yeah, well, you got football in your blood, let's face it. I mean, coming through the ranks and your dad, a very successful coach and so forth. Give us kind of an overview of spring sports and how they're doing so far, Wes. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're actually finally slowing down a little bit. Some of the you know, JV sports and middle school sports are uh, either ended or coming to an end. Um, you know, baseball's right here about to start playoffs. Uh, they're, they're going in. I think they go to Mumford the first round. Um, you know, speaking of that also, Kevin just got his, uh, his 700th win uh, last week. So, um, and then on top of that, um, Terry Canova in girls basketball this year got the most um, regular season wins he's had in his career. Um, so we, we, we've had some, some nice little milestones you know, going through the year. You know, Wes, when, when I talk about legends, and I mentioned Terry, what about your track coach, Pat Galley? How long has he been here now? I think 51 years. And I think he's probably, if he could, I think he's going to go 51 more. I, I think. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. Does he have a statue yet? Have he put a statue up for him? <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if we could ever find him to take a picture of him and mold him, we, we probably well, would. Well, he is doing here, uh, I think, around 8 o'clock. Oh, well, I mean. good. I'll know where to find him then. Um, no, but Pat, you know, wow, uh, you know, he last year he he had talked about and kind of kept it secret about maybe calling it quits and, and and finally enjoying a little little time for himself instead of being up here, you know, with, with cross country and indoor track and out. He never leaves here. He he's here for every season of the year. Uh, he's up here during the summer with those with those kids that want to run. You know, those are some dedicated kids that, that, that go out there and run by themselves, and especially in the summer and the heat. That, that, some really dedicated kids. And um, he had kind of gotten that point, and about this time, or right towards the end of the very season last year, um, on a weekend, he called me on a Sunday. He said, you know, Wes, do you, do, you mind if I, do you mind if I stay one more year? I was like, golly, you've got – 70-something championships. There's no way I'm going to tell you you can't come back. So um, I'm hoping we have him for, for quite a while. He, he's here as long as he wants to be here. And I'm wondering, you know, his dad, they, they named the baseball field, uh, Stan Galley Field at Spring Hill. Do you think someday there'll be a, a Pat Galley track over here? Yeah, absolutely, yes. That's amazing. Yeah. What, a, what a family history, right? Right, yeah. Okay, so uh, I know your soc- your boys' soccer team's doing very well. Baseball's top ten. Right, and um, – you know, like I said, they're, I think they, they're headed to Mumford for the first round of the playoffs. Um, they're second place in the area uh, behind Bayside. Uh, the the boys' soccer team, I mean, wow, they, they have come out of nowhere. You know, they, they've been kind of 
Coach Moody has, has, has done some amazing things with those guys, and, and there's really just the numbers are starting to climb because of Coach Moody. Um, and also the, the, the middle school and the JV teams are are really starting to, to kind of all get on board. So it's, it's really, you know, with our, we call it BAA, the, the Bulldog Athletic Association. So that starts in third grade. And um, so, you know, having all those on campus, only our only our students can play on those sports. And it's, it's volleyball, it's soccer, it's football, it's um, basketball. So all of those sports and uh, our numbers are just growing and growing and growing because they're getting involved on our campus so early uh, and playing with their own schoolmates, you know, their own classmates, and uh, it's been really beneficial to us, and we've seen lots of uh, good things from that. It's been one of my observations over the years that as you see, like, construction going on anywhere and uh, how it lingers and how long it takes, I've often said the only place I've ever seen a building go up as fast as any place as UMS right. It was like if, if they, they have a, a blueprint or a construction, before you know it, it's up there. Do you have anything down the road? <laughs> um, there's always something down the road. You know, we uh, we just moved into a brand new, amazing um, dining hall in January uh, for, for K3 through 12 to go there. Uh, it, it rivals any college dining hall in anywhere around. Um, and of course, we have Lexington Foods that that, that feeds us, and uh, you know any of the coaches that have ever been here for the District One meeting or ADs that have ever been for District One meeting know old Chef Roro can he can put some food out there that you can't pass up. And, uh, and I tell people all the time when the coaches, new coaches and stuff come in, and they you better watch yourself because you'll put on 10 or 15 pounds really quick around here eating that in eating in that dining hall. Well, you could go out and run around the track though, right? Join Pat. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if you'll join Pat out there running, but he'll watch you. Um, but yeah, we have that. So of course, uh, you know, we moved out of our old cafeteria into the new dining hall. So we've got a vacant space over there. So we'll we'll see what you know we'll see what goes on. But yeah, every every summer around here, uh, there's there's something something going on, and and we're always looking to expand and and looking to. But we're, we're about to have to start going up instead of out. We're running out of running out of landscape. Congratulations, Wes. The, where you are now, playing football, and now the uh, headmaster principal here at uh, and I, I shouldn't say headmaster principal here at UMS right. High School. And I know Doug Barber is also. Uh, we were expecting him to come on, but I think he's got a meeting coming on now. Right, he's in. A, he's at a conference, an independent school conference, um, out of town. So he he's not here today. Well, we got a number of your coaches still to go. Coach Curtis also scheduled to join us, and thanks for coming by and stopping by. It's good to see you. Thank y'all. I appreciate everything. Thank y'all. Absolutely. All right. So here we are at uh, UMS, right? We continue. We're going to do scoreboard traffic and weather, uh, tennis, and soccer on the docket for this hour. Pat Galley, you mentioned Lee, will be in hour number three. And, of course, um, Terry Curtis scheduled to join us as well. Scoreboard traffic and weather next to Dr. Chris Romanek's championship drive. That's right. From UMS Wright continues right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. This is Jason Caffey. Thank you for listening to WNSP 105.5 FM.
7.23. Welcome back in the Dr. Christopher Monex Championship Drive on this Friday morning. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of UMS Wright. It's been very traditional on Fridays to bring in Alec Naiman from Naiman's Catering. Alec, welcome to our Championship Drive show at UMS Wright. What's going on with uh, Naiman's Catering today? Uh, hey, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, y'all, y'all, I see y'all out there on the road and Tell you, we had a wonderful event last night at the convention center. It was the Gourmet Chef Challenge. Uh, it was uh, in support of the uh, our, uh, our feeding the Gulf Coast Food Bank. So it was a food bank event, but we raised a lot of money. We had 20-something different chefs out there challenging each other with some fine gourmet food. I've got to tell you, it was delicious, you know. So it was a great event. And of course, my Jack's on the road this weekend, so... You know, we give them a go Jags. I'll give you that at the end of the end of my program here. But anyhow, we got graduation parties coming up. Of course, teachers appreciation. We like to cater a lot of those events, and of course, appreciate our teachers and all the stuff that our kids and schools have done. Of course, it's wedding season for us. We got a lot of weddings and after rehearsals going on. Of course, if you plan on getting married in the future or renewing your anniversary vows or whatever, we of course love to do that kind of stuff. Then of course, we deliver like corporate lunches and breakfasts to your office every day. So you can give us a call at Naaman's Catering there, 473-3900. Look us up on the web at naamanscatering.com. Of course, give us a like on Facebook, that kind of stuff. And, all that kind of, and we're going to give our jab. We need some more wins. We want a few now. We, we have a little bit of a winning streak there, so we'll give a go Jags. Okay, how about that? Y'all have a great weekend, That's- guys, and be safe out there. Thank you so much, Alex. Yeah, the Jags are on the road baseball-wise against ULM. Of course, big day tomorrow at Hancock-Whitney with the uh, South Alabama blue-red uh, game. That'll take place uh, tomorrow morning. And also in college baseball, Mark, Alabama and Auburn this weekend for three games in Tuscaloosa. Uh, so a little NBA t- uh, news for you, Lee. The, uh, as you know, the Bulls advanced to face the Miami Heat uh, tonight in another winner-go-home game, but it appears the Bulls will be without their best player. Levine? DeMar Rosen's, DeRozan's oh, oh, daughter. The daughter, yeah. How unfortunate is that? I'd pull her, by the way, from school. He was saying that she's got to go to school. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. She's coming with. She's coming with. Have you? Did you hear that noise she was making? Yeah, we... It's we, an ungodly noise. We, we played it. <laughs> we played it. I'm just saying. See, here I thought we were really going to get into, like, gosh, when you said best player, and well, it was I mean, Zach Levine, but, uh, yeah, I see where you're going. You see, you, you, see where you see where I'm going? Yeah, I see where Have you going. ever known me to be serious about anything, no, Lee? absolutely not. I mean, I brought up two other I topics. Maybe I figured we'd we'll try with a third. I thought I, being back from vacation, you might have changed, but obviously not. <laughs> no, I, I mean, the Raptors, they shot 18 at 36. Pretty she good, She clearly, huh? From the free throw line, professional basketball players. And they lost by, what, four points, I think. So um, I'm just saying, if if I'm that, if I'm DeMar DeRozan, I'm pulling her out of class. I'm pulling her out of school. She's with me for the rest of the playoffs. She doesn't go back to school because the, the playoffs go all the way through the summer. Right? She's done. She's done. She's doing online. It's winter go home, Lee. You don't think the Bulls management has a say in this either? No, I don't think they have any say in this at all. You don't think they'd want her there, root oh. for them? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure they. Yeah, I mean, he's. I thought. I thought you were to say that maybe they would have a. No, problem no, would have a problem. They'd want her there. 
Uh, obviously, she must have had some effect because the Toronto Raptors, let's say, messed up. There you go. See, now you're getting it. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. She's She's got her own little uh, fan club now online. She's going viral. I'm going to try it. In fact, every time you talk, we're going to start heckling you the rest of the way today. Why is it any different? Why is that any different than the other day? By the way, do that again. Do that again. I want to hear that again. Is that a pelican or what? What kind Caw-caw! of? Okay, Caw-caw! there we go. Yep, that's what happens. That's right, guys. And you're talking, and you're telling me I'm on something. That's right. Well, we're trying to figure out what Lee's the side effects of Lee's medication are right now. So if you guys in the app, if you're if you listening. Had, if you ever read side effects, you'd never take anything. <laughs> if you guys are in the app, hit us up with what you think Lee's side effects are today. He's on some medication. He's I got not himself. I got markitis today. What do you think it is? You know, you know those infomercials that go on for a half an hour with the side effects? You know, Loss of appetite, bleeding from the ear, bleeding from the skull, bleeding from the nose, bleeding from the rectum, whatever. If you if you have any of those, consult a doctor. So hit me up with all right, hit me up with yeah. Hit me up with the side effects to Lee's medication and we will share those with him and we will ask him because he says he you don't really say you have any side effects that you're aware of. None. None, not a single one. Nope. All right. But I, it, it wouldn't be fair for me to be truthful about it because I don't read about it. And that if you read the side effects, you wouldn't take it. Right, but that doesn't mean you – just because you didn't read it doesn't mean you don't have them. What are we doing next? <laughs> We're coming <laughs> read back. Read the script. Tennis. We're doing tennis, baby. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. You guys have responded, as always, in the app. We'll get to some of those responses coming up here in just a second, but continue with those side effects. Welcome back in. It's the Dr. Christopher Bonnex Championship Drive. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of UMS Wright. And I want to thank sponsors like Harvey and Thomas Orthodontics, also the Will Barnes family of McDonald's restaurants, Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm, LNS Air Conditioning, uh, Ward International Trucks. There he is, Todd. Beefo Brady's. They're with us all the Woo-hoo. time. And boy, we're going to be uh, out twice next week. And also, uh, Greer's Markets and Cash Saver. We often talk about the uh, St. Louis Street. Matt, you've been to St. Louis Street, haven't you? Uh, Greer's up on the roof? Yeah. It's supposed to be really, really neat up there. Also, uh, Rich's Car Wash. We thank everybody. All right, we're going to talk some tennis here. We've got Maridi Jones with right. the women's. Uh, tennis program and Rick Cleveland used to be my broadcast partner for many many years uh, since you're here first you go first Maridi <laughs> tell us about your program uh, this year well we're excited we're getting ready to head into our sectionals next week so um, we um, have had a great season we've been semi-lucky with the weather we haven't had too much rain but 
we have sectionals next week in Gulf Shores. Coach Cleveland's boys play on Monday, and then the girls play Tuesday. We're going to go down and support the boys Monday and cheer them on, and um, hopefully Tuesday we'll have a good good day. Rick, I thought I knew everything about you traveling with you. Did you play tennis? You did, didn't you, in college? <laughs> a lot. You did, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Where did you play? What school did you play? I played at Huntington. I, see, Todd, I told you he did go to Huntington. Yeah. We were talking about the Huntington campus. I also played at a national junior college champion at Jeff State in Birmingham. So you were definitely qualified to coach, as you have <laughs> done with football, head football yeah. coach. But actually, you were a basketball player, weren't you, first? You did play that. Yep. I was a hammer. I was like one of Mark's boys. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been meaning to ask you all these years, and this is this is my bad. This is a, this is my – I should have – as long as I've been doing this with Lee, i got to ask you. How did how did you do it? I'm still trying to figure it out. How do how do you broadcast with this guy? It was really easy to be oh, honest. Oh, it really oh. was. I wasn't hard except at breakfast. <laughs> now at breakfast, you had to have a basket. Yeah. And because Lee, he participated in helping them get rid of that stuff yeah. which they might not want. Yeah. He did. That was yeah. but no <laughs> it was try to be helpful. What a guy. It was great. What a guy. It was it was really a, it was it was fun, Mark. Rick but I understand. Was, Rick and I had a lot of <laughs> we did high school football yep. for years, right? Yep. And then of course South Alabama during the ground yep. the ground years. I don't want to get away too much from tennis, but uh, are you interested in the uh, What's going on with the program with Kane now and what he's doing? And they got their uh, their I'm spring game coming up tomorrow. Super excited for what Kane's doing, and uh, you know he really focuses on recruiting five or six of the local guys, and I think that's huge. And one of them is our own Coplay like, yeah. and yeah, I, I love what Kane's doing. And you know you go back and know his dad from Southern Miss for many years. So yeah, Kane's done a great job there. Tell us about the men's tennis program. You know, Lee, we're we're in a struggle. We really are. We we don't have a lot of boys playing tennis all over Mobile, really all over the state of Alabama, um, and we're in a kind of a growth, trying to to start a growth spur with that. We have camps and clinics during the summer, but um, I'm really proud of these four seniors that we've got: uh, Stevens, Ashby, William Newman, Paul Mason, and Ben Holberg, and they're the core of our team. Um, you know, there's a great tradition here. Gordon Duty started a, a, a wonderful program here, kept it going, and uh, we we were blessed to be very good for a long time. But we're kind of in a grassroots program trying to regrow our tennis program now. So um, I think we have a great chance to win sectional, but after that it'll be a struggle to try to place in the top five in 4A, 5A. Uh, as as you guys know, we have the Beefo Brady Student Athletes of the Week. Uh, for men's tennis, uh, I think Paul Paul Mason is your uh, – talk a little bit about Paul and, and what yeah. he kind of brings to the table. You know, Paul Mason started really as a beginner in tennis, just to go out and hit tennis balls, and he's worked his way up to number three now on our team. And just a tremendous young man, very accurate uh, with, with his strokes. He's a kid that uh, – does. he's easy to coach. He's just easy to coach, Mark. And – Another thing that I really love about him, he's there every day. He's an encourager, and uh, he's he's the epitome of what we want our tennis program to be like here at UMS Wright. And, and then on the women's side, Sarah Ladd has been named the Student Athlete of the Week by Beefo Brady's. Yes. Oh, tell, tell, yeah, tell us a little bit about Sarah. Um, Sarah's wonderful. She's um, a 10th grader, and she has 
worked on her tennis for as long as I've known her. And she's one of those that if we don't have, like if I say we finish practice, she's going to a lesson or she's going to hit or she's going to be on the ball machine. She's just dedicated. She is my number one. She's a fabulous player, but just a great girl, great athlete and great um, student as well. So she's just been a good leader on the team. Well, each, uh, they were all out here, the Student Athletes of the Week. They each received a uh, gift certificate for a complimentary meal at uh, Beefo Brady's in Tillman's Corner. So our thanks to Todd Weissong and the fine folks out there. Meridi, how about the uh, tennis program down the road going into the areas, the region? How's it look this year? I feel good. I don't want to, um, I'm, I was cautiously optimistic. I have a great group of girls, and the one benefit I had is that. I have the same exact team this year that I had last year. I did not have any seniors graduate. Uh, I didn't have any seniors last year. So this team has really bonded, and I think that's a big part of it because they want to win so much for each other. Like I love when I'll go check on them or give them some instructions of stuff they need to do on the court, and they are all saying, well, how's so-and-so doing? How's so-and-so doing? They're very selfless, but they truly love each other like they're so excited about going down to spend the night to go support the boys so they can all be together and go to dinner and is, all is that. Is there practice between the guys and the girls? Oh yeah. Always. Always. I, no, I'll, he'll say how many you want today but we, yeah. we like to do that. It's great practice for my girls. It's good for them because it's, it's helped them build some good friendships on and off the court. She's being kind. Let me tell you this. They're strong, really strong and they can beat a lot of tennis teams regardless of classification as strong a high school tennis program girls program as there is anywhere in the southeast rick if you don't mind i want to switch gears okay i want to get to a favorite subject of yours yeah. football uh, during the show this week we spent some time with ronnie cottrell yep. and joe godfrey and each has been meeting with a few junior colleges in the state of alabama trying to push for junior college football. Yeah. Is that possible? I, I don't think it's possible funding-wise. I think that's the problem. I think that's a ground ground roots problem. Uh, the transfer portal is certainly put, putting all of our athletes, high school athletes, at a disadvantage. And, and I think that's one of the reasons that Joe and Ronnie and them are trying to do that. It's really so in basketball as much, Mark, as you well know. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a, the transfer portal is a so, huge problem. Yeah. We yeah. were also going back in history. Why? How can Mississippi have junior college football and Alabama does not? And the according, Ronnie said there is a legend that the the head coaches of Alabama and Auburn back when kind of were against it, and well, it never happened. And I think Coach Brian and Coach Jordan were against that initially. I do, and and I've always heard that when you go back and you had a chance to be part of Bubba Scotts and Dan Washburns kind of had an ear in there with him. And I don't think that that was something that uh, ever got the um, – I don't think they ever got the approval of the two people that meant the most in high school football in the state of Alabama, and that was Coach Bryant and Coach Jordan. That is not a shortcoming. That was just they wanted as many of their athletes that they could get into the University of Alabama and Auburn University. How would you feel about a spring football game against another team instead of – playing yourself like that's going to happen at Hancock Whitney tomorrow well you know when I first heard that I understand what coach freeze was saying about that I do understand that but I think instead of, I think they need to be playing a, a fall game I think they need to be playing them when it counts and when them when the money is there to fund those programs Lee that's what I'm a proponent of I, I I think the spring is just time to evaluate your own players and uh, you, you don't get as many in a game 
if you play in Auburn or Alabama, you don't get to play as many of those guys as you do in a spring game. Before we let you guys go, I'm curious. We were talking about some other sports. We always talk about how games have changed, right? Uh, whether it's baseball and it's the long ball and pitching or small ball and basketball, no one plays with their back towards the goal anymore. <laughs> in, in football, you know, we always talk about the spread or going hurry up. Has tennis changed at all over the years? Is the way you attack the game and play the game, the mentality in which the strategy used, has it changed? It really has. The players have changed. The uh, we, we've talked about this yeah. a lot, that the they're they're so committed to so many different things. It's different now than it used to be. It yeah. used to be they'd go to school, they'd practice tennis. Now they have, we have these scholar-athletes, and they're involved in all these different activities. So they're trying to divide and conquer, and we're trying to help them out, but yet we want them with us. Sure. So it's hard to let them be the best thing, be at everything, when we want to say, okay, that's yeah. great that you can do all this, but give me your time right now. Um, so it's hard, but um, it, that's what's, I think, the most different for me. What do you think? No, it's changed from a serving volley game to a baseline game. That's yeah. true, we too. Just, we just see people now living on the baseline, hitting. It's not It's not unusual to see somebody win a point. No, do not attack. It's just not there. You do it in doubles. You see it in doubles, but you just don't see it as much in singles. You is, see those baseliners that can crush is it. Is it just because folks have gotten better with placing the ball and and, and, and and either hitting the lob or the passing shot, it's just they've gotten better at that. But is I think it, the teaching too. Yeah, I teaching. think the pros are teaching it more, like to stay in the point, and it's it's different because it used to be more progressive. You serve and volley, sure. you um, yeah. you serve, wait one shot, go in, and I think it's being taught that way to be consistent and be patient. It's equipment too. Yeah, it's mainly equipment as far as rackets are concerned now. I mean, <laughs> it's a whole new ball game now from the old wooden Jack Kramer Wilson <laughs> yeah, rackets. Yeah. I promise you that. Yeah. So in, in 20 years, will everybody uh, will, will tennis be a thing of the past? And everybody's playing pickleball. Is that what we're doing? Uh, that's what I'm. You gonna be coaching pickleball in 20 years, coach? Yeah, no, no more. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love me some pickleball, but I'm a um, tennis is my number one, and pickleball's number two. But I do think um, a good buddy of mine is a um, coach out in Arizona, and he will send me pictures of his um, pickleball competitions they do they have yeah. high school competitions and they're, oh, doing really? it, they're doing it in california wow. i feel like it's coming yeah it's coming i see i can do pickleball in the fall and yeah. and tennis in the spring no, <laughs> i can't stand the sound of it i mean it's just can't do that but it is it's here mark you ought to try it mark I've heard. Uh, really? I, I feel like I'm still at the age where I can get around the court a little bit. Yeah. So I don't want to, uh, if I'm going to go out there and be sore, I, I want to feel like I'm, I'm yeah. it's not from bending over trying to hit the, the pickleball. It's yeah. I'm running around a little bit. So, But thank you guys for uh, coming to sit uh, sit in with us. It's thank you. Thank you guys. We Best of luck the rest of the way. i got uh, to say this. I'm so proud of Corey LeBounty. What a great, great job he's doing on the afternoon drive, as I call it, yep. at the final, whatever it's called. But yep. Great show, and thank you all for helping him and being where he is. We're mighty proud of him. Yeah, we like Corey. As long as he doesn't wear those stripes on weekends <laughs> with that whistle. <laughs> I, I got no him. problem with Corey. <laughs> hey, thank you guys so much. We appreciate thank it. Thank you. All right, appreciate so here's what we're doing. We're going to come back. Uh, we'll wrap up our number two next. Uh, Mark, I'm Lee Shervanian. We're in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of UMS Wright. It's our Dr. Christopher Monex high school game. Day. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking fall. We're in a uh, championship drive right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. We'll talk some golf next. Stay with us. 
Hey, this is Coach Tommy Coverville, and you're listening to 105.5 WNSP. John Ricchetti with the Miller Lite Golf Report. Johnny, uh, what's going on with the Heritage? Well, it's uh, it's kind of like you know it's a hangover over the Masters, Lee. But uh, they are going, they are rock and roll. They had some bad weather yesterday. They're uh, completing round one as we speak this morning. I know uh, Victor Hovland was your clubhouse leader yesterday at seven under par. And he's fresh off that finish at the Masters where he. Somewhat was in contention on Sunday, but uh, kind of faded a little bit down the edge at Augusta. But he's at seven under par, 64. But your leader is Aaron Ray from England, eight under par, 63 in round one. And that's uh, a pretty incredible guy at Harbortown Golf Links and an iconic golf course that uh, today's game is known for power and, and so forth. But that is a shorter course on the PGA Tour with his very well tree-lined with a lot of points. Reigning Masters champion John Rahm, yes, he has the Masters hangover, one over par, 72 yesterday, and uh, he's going to have to get out there today and play a good round if he's going to get back in this tournament. Also, uh, we talked a little bit, uh, Rory McIlroy was supposed to be in the field this week. He withdrew on Monday. Uh, causing now that I understand that he will be fined from the PGA Tour. He's already missed one elevated event. That was this uh, was the, uh, the Hawaii Tournament of Champions, Century Tournament of Champions. He, we don't I don't know for still disclose reasons why he did not play this week at the Heritage, but uh, he will apparently will be fined. Will lose some of his uh, PIP money. So we'll keep an eye. We'll keep an eye. Keep an eye on this developing story with Rory McIlroy, John Rahm. Had thought about withdrawing also, and uh, he decided to, you know, I signed up, I'm going to play, and it's, you know, I hate to see some of these kids who are coming up to watch me, and all of a sudden, uh, I'm, I, you know, I don't play. So hats off to John Rob. So uh, they'll be going to up and running at Heritage Lee. Thank you very much, Johnny. We'll check out with you on Monday. You have a great weekend, okay? Right. Yeah, you guys take care. Well, I can care. tell you this, uh, based on my years here at UMS Wright, you can be sure that the golf programs are in contention every year for state titles it just it's just been a heritage here and a, a tradition of golf we have the two golf coaches to join us right now jake hosiel very fine defensive coordinator for the football program and jay and i go back a long way and now with the girls golf team what are they up to these days how are they doing well you know lee um i'm not sure if you're aware of this but uh our girls golf team won the first ever state championship last year uh, we competed in 6A. We've had some uh, state runners-up, but last year we finally got it done. Um, so competitive balance has pushed us into 7A, and we're the only school in, at, on our campus that competes in 7A. So uh, we're looking forward to the um, – who, who, Who's responsible for that? My players. Yeah. 7A in golf? <laughs> our girls' program is. Our boys yeah. are in 6A, but our girls' our girls' program is in 7A. So, um, it's you know, it's a, it's a new challenge for us. Um, you know, I've got the same team back from last year, and, uh, you know, we're playing well, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll get hot here in uh, May and make a run at it. Brent, what's going on with uh, boys golf? Uh, Brent Doherty joining us. Uh, and, and that's where the championships, I mean, how many championships here at UMS Wright in boys golf? 27. Wow. Yeah. 27, all the way back to 1961. Does it look good for 28? It does. We've got, we've got a, a 
depth of talent right now, and it's not making my, my job easy right now trying to pick five. We've got nine on varsity that at any minute could be in that top five lineup, and they're all competing each week to, to earn that spot. So seen a lot of movement throughout the uh, season on my roster, but that's that's good. Competition's always good. So our Beefo Brady Student Athletes of the Week in, in, in both men and women's golf, uh, tell us a little bit about Thomas and, and on the men's side and Tori on the women's side. Uh, Tori, Tori Waters has been a varsity golfer since her seventh grade year. Uh, it's been fun to watch her game grow and develop uh, over the years. She's a she's a model student. She's a model uh, citizen. I mean, she's just a great, great young woman. And uh, you know, she came in third last year at the state tournament. Her score was three over par for two days and 36 holes. Uh, she played outstanding, and uh, she's got a bright future. She's committed and signed to UAB, so she's gonna she's Very gonna cool. play golf at UAB and uh, get a great education and continue to do what she loves. So I'm very very proud of Tori. Yeah, Thomas, uh, he's a sophomore for us, playing in the number one spot. Uh, he kind of you know jumped up into that spot during qualifying, and he's been probably our most consistent golfer. He's shooting everything right around par. He's had four rounds under par. He's I think his average right now is 72.11. You know, so he is our our consistent number one. We always kind of expect, and you know, he he steps up to it, and uh, he's going to shoot par and. Uh, he's he's leading the team when it comes to you know on the field. I always like to court. find out the background and how you guys got involved. Brett, let's start with you as far as golf. Uh, do you have much of a background, and how much of a help are you to these golfers who have, I'm sure, their own swing coaches? Absolutely, I, I'm a I'm a recreational golfer. Absolutely. Uh, no, I I went to UMass Wright, uh, played some other sports, and then I came back. Uh, that's when, you know, on the side, golf became a passion of mine. But I was coaching other sports between track and football, uh, lacrosse recently. Uh, and then our previous coach, Adam Bain, moved back to Ohio, and the position opened up. And I think, you know, my organization, my uh, relationship building with the kids and just kind of leadership from that aspect was a, a good fit for me to move in to uh you know to the job uh, golf position you know, yes they all have their their own swing coach so i'm not out there saying hey strengthen your grip and all but i'm out there to you know mentally support them uh make sure that they you know have a good game plan we set goals before every match i help set the line up so can you outshoot any of them some of the younger ones, yeah. <laughs> Get me out there with those eighth graders. You ever, graders there, yeah. you ever actually go out and compete during practice or anything with them? I do. If we're qualifying, I try not to because I don't want to be a distraction. And well, you know, I just want to, you know, I want to watch from a distance, kind of like a match. We try to, anytime we're qualifying, try to simulate the best we can with the match. But if we're out there to just go out there and truly practice and work on a few things, I'll go out there and play with Jay, them. Jay, I know your background's football. I mean, that's, you know, you were a head yeah. coach at Robertsdale, as I recall, and so forth. So how did you get uh, wind up in golf? Too? Really family. My dad, st- you know, my dad played, and I've got older brothers and younger brothers, and we all would, we'd all get out as a group and family and, you know, play together. And then college, you're always looking for something to do in springtime. And, uh, you know, I played football at Troy State, but a bunch of us played golf in the in the spring just, you know, to 
waste some time, I guess. And then when the opportunity presented itself here, when Coach Curtis asked me to do the girls, I jumped at it, absolutely. And uh, how, what is your coaching technique, coaching girls? In Stay out of their way. Versus coaching boys <laughs> on defense. Well, yeah, you know, that's pretty funny because some of the moms say, you know, I'm just a big old teddy bear when it comes to, to that type of stuff. And they see a different side of me maybe uh, during the spring. But, um, you know, it's, it's really – I just try. They're so they're so good. They're so fun to watch, and and uh, you know they work it extremely hard. They're very talented, but they work really hard at it. And um, you know, I just I try to be there in every facet for them that I can. So how do golf? I've always wanted to ask golf coaches. How do golf coaches vent? Right? Uh, you know, in <laughs> you know, basketball, you, you can that. direct your stuff <laughs> to the referees. Football coaches are always screaming. Yeah. So Mark, we had a situation. I had a girl cruising. She was like two over par through like fifteen holes, and. Um, I'll just put it to you like this. If there was a bench, I would have called timeout and put her on the bench. Right, because, right, right. Uh, but, but I could not do that. Uh, I had to watch her finish, and she was struggling at the time. But, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it's difficult. It's, uh, you, you can't plug, you can't call timeout. You can't go out there really. The only time you can talk to them is from when they come off the green to the next team. Yeah, green and, team. Uh, and, and trust me, if I had a sub, I, I would have subbed right. out pretty quick. Right. Yeah, you had a very, I think it was last year or the year before, you ran a charity golf match. Yes. Is that still around? It is. So I appreciate you bringing that up. My stepson, Blaine Shackelford, was killed in uh, June of 2020. And we do a, um, me and his, uh, my wife and I do a uh, uh, fundraiser scholarship type tournament in his memory. Um, it's actually coming up in May, May 19th. And we do it in Holly Hills because Blaine was a student at Baldwin County High School. We raise money to give give to seniors at Baldwin County High School, and she does other things with uh, throughout the community with book drives and and you know toys at Christmas and things like that. And uh, it's just a way to honor Blaine's legacy and remember him as a golfer. Um, you know, he's supposed to be at Alabama right now, but. Uh, tragic accident so how what are the particulars to get involved in this event well you can reach out to elizabeth cozio uh on facebook um or um you know get up with me uh through facebook or uh, social media and uh you know if you want to support it um whether it be a a, a team uh we're playing at holly hills and baymanette it's an 8 a.m shotgun and a 1 p.m shotgun um, or a whole sign, things like that. I mean, we're easily available on uh, social media. Are you going to play in it? Yes, I am. I'll probably play with the 8 o'clock group and the 1 o'clock group. All right, you can't sub yourself out of things. <laughs> no, no. Hey, I got, a, rules, I got a strong man. team. I got a strong team. Kevin, Rayleigh, Grant, Barber, and uh, Cody Rhodes. Oh, so, so you uh, loaded it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, your, your tournament, your rules. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming by. Thank we you. really thank do you. appreciate thank it. You. Uh, and congratulations on all the success. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. We look forward to seeing you competing in the 8A next year. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, when we come back, uh, hour number two is in the books. Here comes hour number three. The Dr. Chris Fermonix Championship Drive, Mark and Lee and Air Sports One. We're on the campus of UMS Wright. A couple of big-time coaches on deck. We'll tell you all about when we come back right here on the Sports Station, WNSP.
This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Eight oh four. Welcome back in hour number three. The Dr. Christopher Monix, uh Championship Drive right here on the Sports Station WNSP and WNSP.com. Mark and Lee, we're at uh, UMS right. All right, we're going to be talking to the legend in just a, a few minutes. Some headlines: The Rays win their 13th in a row to begin the season, off to a 13 and 0 start that ties the modern day record. I think the go back to the 1800s. There was a team that had 20 straight, but we don't we don't uh, refer to that. Um, we got a football coach at Cottage Hill, Carvel Jones, who we talked to. Actually, he's the track coach out there, too. We met with him just a couple of weeks ago, and he just got promoted. I don't think that's going to happen with Pat Galley. I think Terry Curtis is hanging in there in football. But how many coaches actually have a track or some kind of stadium named after them while they're still coaching, Pat? I don't, I don't really know. Uh... Uh, it was, you know, it was quite an honor for me, and uh, I was uh, really pleased with the Leatherberry family to be with, uh, associated with them. So you're 50 years plus here? Uh, yeah, I'm 50 years old. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I know that, but I mean, 50 years you've been coaching track? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Is this one years. of your better teams? This one is a, uh, well, we're solid. We lost a lot of good seniors last year, a couple of them running in college now this year. And uh, we're, you know, uh, all right, I'm going to bring this up. Co- competitive balance, as everybody says, is not really balance. <laughs> I don't really, uh, you know, they say that, you know, when you go up, you get promoted. I mean, we're a 4A size school, and we're, we're moved up to 6A this year. So, I mean, you know, uh, we're tight competition any time we run going into 6A, uh, you know, we're battling. Well, based on what I read in the State High School Athletic Association newsletters, you got a runner out there. It doesn't matter who he's running against. <laughs> it keeps winning Perry. Yeah, Charles Perry. I mean, I'm not saying we don't have people that can compete. I mean, uh, Charles is one of the best runners in the state uh, from the 400 up to the two-mile. He can go. Now, he's just a junior. And, uh, yeah, he's run some uh, nationally ranked times. He's uh, ranked in the country as a junior and in all, all over. Set the so, timetable for us as far as getting into the future meets down the road. Uh, well, this uh, we just finished the county championship uh, Wednesday in a uh, nice rainstorm down in Alma yeah. Bryant. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was pretty interesting. But uh, next week we're, we're going to host one here. Uh, we wanted to kind of get away from the weekend because we, we've got the sectional meet the following week, and we go to Wetumpka this year with the 6A. Uh, that'll be an interesting trip to go up to Wetumpka. They just built a new facility, and I believe that's probably why they wanted it, to use it. And, uh, you know, there's several 6A schools here in Mobile, and we're all traveling to Wetumpka for the uh, sectional, and that's the qualifying for the state meet, which is like the – you know, like the 5th of May, 4th of May, something so, like that. So, Coach, you, you mentioned competitive balance. I'm, I've been on the record. I'm not a fan of it. I don't I don't <laughs> like it. Uh, one of the things I do like about it in some sports, though, is I think the kids like the idea of playing different teams and, and going to different venues. I'm not so sure 
that translates as well in track, right? I mean, I'm sure there are facilities that are better than others, but it's not like going to a different gym or a different football stadium kind of deal. Is that is that accurate? Well, I mean, in, in track and field here in Mobile, we run against the 7As, 6As, right. 5As pretty much every weekend. So, I mean, you know, in track, it's I think it's a lot different from the other sports. Yeah. I mean, uh, we look at it as a team sport, but individually, sure. I mean, we're outnumbered when you go to 6A. I mean, I always use Mountain Brook. Mountain Brook is a very, very strong track team. Mm -hmm. I always add everything else for that matter. But yeah. they are exactly twice the size of us. So they get twice the ch chance to pick out, say, a 100-meter dash guy. Right. You know, they got... You know, we send six, they send 12. So, you know, it's, a, you know, it, that way it, the track is a little bit different than basketball or football where, you, you know, you can match up these guys and do that. But here it's head to head in, in every event. So, uh, you know, you just got to have that, that kid that uh, can do that event. So. Uh, All right. So uh, looking down the road, uh, big meets coming up. Where's, where's your strength? Oh, well, Charles Perry is a strength. Uh, we've got uh, in the boys uh, our best. I mean, it'll be Charles. We've got Arthur Chitty. He's just, hopefully he might get a seven seven foot jump this year. He's an outstanding high jumper. We we moved him over. He's throwing a shot now. Maybe maybe move him to the decathlon a little bit. He's got that kind of uh, athletic ability. We've got uh, Josh uh, Holston who just jumped uh, 15-3, which is our second best in history here at school. Uh, Donnell Hill holds our record at 16-4 with the 15-3. was outstanding jumping on the girls. Uh, I mean, there's some other guys. Our relays and that kind of stuff are going to come in. We're apparently kind of young in our distance stuff except for Charles and uh, our sprints. Joe Lott's doing real well. And, you know, some of our other things when we put together some of our relays. Our throws, we're, we're kind of new there with some of those guys, so they're coming on, you know, a little bit towards the end of the season. Our girls, uh, we've got, again, High jumper, Olivia Moore, and uh, she's always been a solid force all the way through since uh, seventh grade. Uh, been all state every time she's gone to the state meet. And, uh, uh, again, we're, we're young with the girls there going into the 6A, so uh, it'll be interesting there. Um, uh, Hannah McConnell is, is a pole vaulter there. It'll help us there, too. So. Well, you mentioned a couple of them. Josh Holston and Olivia Moore both named the Beefo Brady Student Athletes of the Week. They received their certificates, free entrees over there at the Tillman's Corner uh, uh, establishments. Our thanks to Todd Weissong and the folks over there. But I'm curious, um, why is it, and maybe it's just me, but why is it when it comes to distance runners, a lot of times younger athletes excel? Not that they don't continue to excel as they get older, but yeah. it's really to me one of the few events where you always seem to see young boys and girls always seem to excel at that what is that just my imagination no no the, especially in the girls side that happens a lot boys you know it's a little bit tougher they're just not quite as strong as the older boys that have stayed with it they're pretty good our, our younger group in the boys this year is pretty good but in the girls uh and even in the boys i always kind of think they're not scared of it yet. Yeah. And I always, like we have them in cross country, and you, you, they'll come by, and they're running and running, and you yell at them, and they look at you, and they're like, oh, I'm not going fast enough. Right. You know, they don't know. Yeah. So they just keep going. And, they, you know, they go that way. And after a while, you know, uh, they are much better than when they started. Now, when they get older, you know, 
they might wise up and figure it out. Hey, this hurts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then they start, you know, tempering themselves. You know, all right, I can run this here. I got this meat here and that kind of stuff. You know, a little bit of that plays in. But I, I think a little bit of that young stuff is, and they want to shine for the older kids. Sure. We talked yeah. with Pat Galley, the longtime track field coach here at uh, UMS, right? So what drives you to keep coming back to coach? Um, I mean, this is something I've always wanted to do. It wasn't like, you know, this is, you know, what I, I came out of college. You know, I, I was coaching at McGill, coaching football at McGill when I was uh, in college. And, uh, you know, just playing baseball in college. And uh, it, it, this is just, you know, it's, it's not like going to work, as they say. You know, you, this is a, a job that I've always loved doing. And it's it's fun to see the kids like you were talking about the young ones progress and, and all that kind of stuff and i like i like the idea of putting the puzzle together too tech te- what's the most difficult event from a technical standpoint because it's mm. you know high jump pole vault hurdles <laughs> you know javelin discus like you you have to be so technically sound yeah. there's a very specific way like i always laughed when um when i was in high school i'd go to track meets and some of the schools that were pretty good at basketball would have their guys go out there with their basketball shorts on and do a high jump and they'd like try to hurdle the high jump you know what i mean like there's so much technical aspect is there one that's just you just have to have that just rates above all others i mean everybody i mean the pole vault is one thing but you know you have to be really good at it yeah that's real uh technical event and i mean the one to me that always throws everybody off is the discus mm-hmm. every time you make a spin it's got to be the same it's got to look like this and you got to pump here that's you know it, it it looks the same when everybody does it but you see the good guys doing it and uh it's a lot different and it's it's a lot harder event than uh, people give credit to if if little lee shervanian came out for your team one year and you had to put him in an event what event would you put him in oh, i'd put him in the pole vault i'd love to see Lee <laughs> up on that step. <laughs> heck yeah man get up there about 16 feet and then fall backwards and land in that I'm, pit i'm afraid of heights <laughs> <laughs> no way you'd be there <laughs> and, well, we appreciate you stopping by, Coach. Always. Uh, always. All right, what about Matt? Right, Matt, looks like a, Matt looks like a, uh, a shot putter. No, he's two-miler. Look at him. Two-miler. <laughs> two-miler. All right, wait. I, yeah. All right, who, so who, who lasts longer coaching, you or Coach Curtis? Coach Curtis, look at him, man. That man is ready to roll here. Yeah, I mean, that man looks like he's been on the track. Look oh, at him. Yeah. It's a lean, yeah. mean fight machine right there. Yeah, he's ready to go right now. <laughs> We're going to hang in. Speaking of how long we've been here, Lee, you've been here yeah, yeah. Don't give me that now. You know, I, I've seen you around too. When I was a little kid, mom and dad used to bring me over to watch you. <laughs> yeah, y'all were running around, and and and, and he, he asked you, Lee, what's this stuff on the on the ground that's new? He's like, that's dirt. Did you see me at Stan Galley Field? Pardon? Well, oh I, yeah. I, I broadcast some games from yeah. Stan Galley yep. Field. That's correct. Yeah. Sure. Thanks, Pat. Yeah. Glad you brought it up. It doesn't bother me in the least. It's it's better to be at least around to talk about it than not be around not to talk be around. about That's it. That's correct. That's correct. Hey, thank you so much for spending some time with oh, us. Oh, yeah, sure. really do appreciate it's it. It's fun. It's always fun. All right, scoreboard traffic and weather are next. And as you could tell by that laugh in the background, that wasn't McCoy. It's actually somebody knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Terry Curtis. In Air Sports 1, we're here at UMS Wright. It's our Dr. Christopher Monix championship drive. We continue right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com.
This is Richie Riley, the head men's basketball coach of South Alabama. There's nothing better than listening to WNSP Sports Radio, 105.5 FM. And Lee, the Dr. Chris Ramonex Championship Drive and Air Sports One from UMS Right. Thanks to uh, B4 Brady's at Tillman's Corner, Rich's Car Wash, the Ward International Trucks, uh, also Harvey and Thomas Orthodontics among our sponsors. We welcome in the state's winningest high school football coach. Mr. Terry Curtis, good morning. Hey, guys. How's it going? We're doing wonderful. How's all my coaches do? They do okay? They did well, but I don't know if they can measure up to the level of expectations <laughs> that you expect. But uh, we'll, we'll find out. So, uh, what year for you now, coming back to coach? Uh, this will be, Lord, 51. And that's what Galley is, isn't he? Uh, Galley may be a year more. I thought Wes Latham was on. I thought he mentioned 51. Did he? Pretty good stuff. They don't. Uh, you know, I'm not sure who's going to outlast who. Well, you know, it's nice to be at a school where they don't have a retirement age, right? I, I, so I told him I'm going to fire him before I leave. Where I'm going to be here the longest. So it's <laughs> a good idea. I'm the AD. Of he just don't are. know that. I walked in when he was leaving, and I heard y'all talking to yeah. him about who was going to outlast who. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and let him know that you ain't got to worry about it because I'm going to fire you before I leave. And then Well, he told me he's been <laughs> fired three times. Was that uh, by you or by somebody else? No, I ain't never I ain't never thought about firing him. I mean, he's one of the top track guys in this state. And, Lord, he knows how to run a track meet. He's got uh, Brandon and, and uh, Garrett uh, Schumacher with him, two great uh, coaches. And, and, man, they do a phenomenal job. You know, job other than moving up competitive balance wise. See, there, let's see, track this year will be in 6A. So, uh, I have a hard time keeping up with some of that stuff. So, and we found out uh, what is it, girls' golf is in 7A? Is yeah, that the sport? We, we go all the way from 4A to 7A. <laughs> <laughs> Who does the bookkeeping? Molly? Well, Molly keeps Molly, right. Molly and I have a hard time. I say, oh, hold on now, let's see now what area are we in because, uh, you know, baseball, then 4A. Football in 5A, uh, tennis is in 6A, uh, you know, golf, yeah. girls golf in 7A, boys be. golf in 6A. So they're not even in the same class in golf. It used to be you just had to ask what area. Now you got to ask what classification. Exactly. Now you got to say, you know, yeah. let's see what class they're in and this, that, and the other. But, but you know, one good thing, our guys, none of them, and ladies, they, none of them have complained about it. They've just done the best they can go and, and, and go play and, and 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 we've done a good job of being able to uh uh you know to compete so by the way i want to thank molly nordman she put the show together today she's great she's I mean, unbelievable she took, now. took care of everything uh terry before we talk about your football program about other aspects and have some fun with you um the central board met this you're the president of the central board Anything? no no i'm a member of the central oh, board i was told i am not the president well I, okay you got demoted so what happened uh, of interest uh, we talked at earlier about the 7a uh, high school football playoffs like instead of one two uh, they're going to rotate well that was big i think uh, you know and they were all kind of for it not kind of they were uh, you know, I, what really surprised me was asking all the guys in District 1, which is Mobile, how what they would feel like when it's 1 and 4, which is Huntsville area, going there. 
and they were 100% what, what, for it. Where did this all you come know. about? Did somebody raise the idea? Well, somebody just, they got to talking about it, and, and there's only 16 of them in the playoffs, and they're playing the same people every year, the same ones. Just about, you can just about go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, uh, Region two is really strong. Region three is really strong. And usually they would win all three or four games, or they have recently. And I think now if, if one and four can win a playoff game here and there, that it's going to help their programs to get to get used to that. And uh, But they were all for it. They, uh, you know, they said, man, we can't, we, instead of, they're driving going to Central Phoenix City, which is four hours. You know, Huntsville's only five, so you're talking about another hour. And, uh, you know, they were just all for it. And I think it's good. I think it's going to let them play some different people. So, because distance and travel is always one of the main priorities or concerns. But we'll take the easier matchup. Well, <laughs> that, that means we get to go further. And most coaches. Now, yeah. the, the, the mileage and all really bothers uh, from a financial standpoint, sure. principals and, and those administrators, guys, yeah. administrators, way more than the coach. Yeah. A lot of times, you can ask a coach, "Well, I'd rather, I'd much rather be going there than having to play here, and, and vice versa." So, you know, in seven A, they do have more resources, and uh, you know, they, they just, uh, I think it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting. Will this ever matriculate down to the 6A, 5A, 4A, do you think? Well, I don't think so because we're now 4-4 four and four anyway. You know, we, we we rotate regions, 1, 2, 3, 4. So we're playing different teams from different places. Like our baseball team has got to go all the way to Mumford in the first round. Lord, that's three and a half, three forty-five 345 from here. Do you think uh, or do you ever bring this up or push – the games, the, the championship games at uh, Bryant Denny, and of course at Jordan Hare, maybe moving around to come down to South Alabama, Hancock, Whitney at all. Or well, something. we can talk about that because there's a good chance after this year, with the playoff system changing, that Alabama and, and, and Auburn's not going to be not going to be uh, available. Ooh, so we're going to have right, to we, let's put that to move around when we bit. come back. We're also going to talk to one of your former quarterbacks and also one of your great baseball players, Tanner Allen, for just a few minutes. Uh, man, that'd be great. Terry what a, Kurtz what a player a, he was. With the radio tease. I like it. You're a natural coach. <laughs> if you want to take this seat, we'll put we'll put the headset on Lee and then let him stalk the sidelines one Friday night. You guys should switch for I would day. love to ask him the questions. Ooh, we could do that too. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a great last 30 minutes here on WNSP. Stay with us. Thirty-two here on a Friday. Thanks for hanging with us. It's the Dr. Christopher Monix Championship Drive. Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports One. We're on the campus of UMS, right? And usually, when we take these trips out to uh, the Championship Drive, we like to catch up with an alum. Uh, we're hoping to get Tanner Allen, who I believe the last I saw Terry was—he's in the Miami Marlins organization at Jupiter. Uh, let's check in. I, I'm up. Uh, Tanner, are you with us this morning? Yeah. Yes, sir. Great. Uh, Terry, you want to introduce your former quarterback, uh, first baseman, outfielder? Well, well Tanner, Tanner Allen never played first base for UMS, right, I promise you. But uh, 
Tanner was a great football player, great baseball player. Uh, went on to Mississippi State and uh, won all kind of honors there. And uh, uh, the funny story was uh, when Tanner was in the eighth grade, Brett Bowell came to me and says, Coach, I want to bring an eighth grader up to the varsity. Uh, and because we, we'd like for him to play middle school. And uh, I said, Brett, an eighth grader, you're going to bring him up, play? I said, you know, my rule, he's got to be able to start and play if he comes up. Says, Coach, he'll start. And he came up as an eighth grader and been starting ever since. And, uh, you know, what a great, uh, what a great uh, job he did for us, uh, not only in baseball, but football and, and a tough guy. And, uh, he beat St. Paul's one night just about by himself, him and uh, Michael Matthews, and uh, and a lot of good memories with him. And then it was so much fun to watch him at, at Mississippi State and, and the success he had there. Yeah, especially when they won that College World Series. Tanner, what's going on with your career now in the minor leagues? Where are you and how are you doing so far? Well, uh, morning, guys. Anyways, I'm, I'm down here in Jupiter with, uh, with the A-ball team. Uh, Man, last year really uh, did, did have a great year, to be honest with you. Kind of stayed hurt, really couldn't get healthy, and then uh, when I did play, I struggled. But had a great spring training this year, and uh, swinging are pretty good. So actually just now pulling up to the field, we got a little doubleheader today. You got to rain out yesterday, so ready to go. Biggest transition from college baseball to the minor leagues? Uh, clearly from where I came from and where I'm at now is the atmosphere. Uh, it was really easy to turn it on to play your best ball in front of 15,000 people in Duty Noble, you know. And then uh, and coming here and there's only about 30 or 40 people at the game and nobody really cares about winning too much. Uh, that's something I have to, to kind of adjust to and uh, kind of make it about winning because when it's about winning, that's where I'm at, my best. I'm, I'm at my best. So that's my adjustment so far. Is the uh, pace for play, which is so prevalent now in Major League Baseball, is that – take getting used to in minor league baseball speeding up the game i think it is absolutely uh unbelievable i love it because it keeps you in the game as a player there's nothing worse than a pitcher that it takes you know a minute and a half in between pitches you kind of fall asleep on defense and uh i like how they're trying to get the game moving and keep people in the game it keeps fans in the game so uh i, I really love it uh, for me then they're, they're not gonna have to wait on me in the box i'm gonna be in there ready to go so uh it really hasn't changed my game too much. Tanner, Tanner Allen's our guest here on WNSP. I know many people know you to be a little bit of a fashionista when it comes to hairstyles, especially in, at Starkville. I'm wondering, <laughs> what, 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 what are you rocking these days? I kind of, I still got the same haircut. You know, uh, at UMS, I really wasn't allowed to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't know if coaches are like that. I ran out there Friday night with a mohawk on my head, but... <laughs> No, I don't think you had. I don't think you is, had the guts to do it. That's right. You wouldn't but, have done uh, that at UMS. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it. But the thing about it was, for me at school, was I needed just, just you know, everybody was talking about how we'd never won a national championship at uh, at Mississippi State. And every time you know I stepped on the field and uh, or, or worked out of practice, that mohawk kind of symbolized, you know. We've never done anything, and uh, it's not going to be because I wasn't ready, you know. And uh, it's kind of stuck with me throughout my career, kind of helping my preparation. He also started the short pants, didn't you? <laughs> now, those are, those are football pants. 
<laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I did that. You know, people always ask me about it, but the main thing I did it for was, man, I can fly in those pants. I got nothing over my knees. It's like wearing shorts. <laughs> You know, and uh, yeah. I still kind of wear them to this day. Not as high, but they're, they're right at my knees. Uh, I think it looks good, and uh, and I can fly in those pants. So that's why I wear them. Tanner Allen, our guest during our alumni portion of the uh, championship drive at UMS Wright. So Terry mentioned about you coming up as an eighth grader. Were you ready at that time? Did you feel confident that you could uh, play on the varsity as an eighth grader? So I've played in a lot of big moments in my life in front of a lot of big crowds. That's probably the most nervous I've ever been on the baseball field was that night as an eighth grader on the varsity. I've never been that nervous, but but uh, I'm truly glad for the opportunity, blessed for the opportunity, because that kind of put me on the map as far as, you know, everybody around like, man, this is an eighth grader starting on the varsity. Let's go watch him. So I actually got a lot of exposure and uh, ended up leading, leading to the amount of, you know, interest I had from the SEC. You know, Tanner kind of proved my point that if you can hit, they'll find a place for you to play. It may not be, you know, he he came up being an infielder, played third base when he came up. Uh, you know, then they moved him at Mississippi State to the outfield, first base, because they had to get his bat in there. And I, I always told my son, I said, look, if you can hit, they're going to find a place for you to play. And that's kind of where you playing, what position are you playing now, Tanner, most time? So I'm I'm playing all three outfield spots, but okay. uh, I, I'm trying to get some on the dirt too. Because like like Coach said, if you could swing it, man, they'll find you a spot. That's in any level of baseball, and I feel like the more positions you can play, the better opportunity you got to be in the lineup as well. You know, especially the way the game's changed nowadays. And I think when he went to Mississippi State, they really planned on playing him in the outfield, but they had they didn't they need the first baseman, and he could hit, so he got a chance to the freshman and. And rest was uh, West was history. But the main thing, what he said earlier, uh, we've had a bunch of them at UMS who like to win, but there's not any of them that like to win. And it didn't matter who we were playing or whatever more than Tanner Allen. And I think that attitude is, is, has carried him and it's got him through a rough stretch starting out in the pros, but it's going to carry him, uh, you know, as he, as he but gets a little bit older and, and, uh, He'll be in the big league one day. I hope so. Tanner, many, many thanks for taking a few minutes to join us. Uh, big, Very good uh, publicity from your uh, former football coach, uh, Terry Curtis. So hopefully that will carry you into the major leagues. Good luck. Thank you. Hey, hey, I got one more thing for you. Go ahead. So, Coach, you're going to be proud of me. So in, in minor league baseball, we, uh, we got a lot of time before the games. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got a, a lot of time before the games, right? You're like, we're here five hours before game time. So something, something I do in spare time, something I do in spare time, I got another guy on my team who is who loves football too as well. We actually have written an entire playbook up between last year and this year in spring training. So, Coach, if you ever need anything on Friday night or the week up, just give me a call. Well, send it to me. <laughs> yeah. Send it to me. Yeah, well, guys, I appreciate it. <laughs> Tanner Allen uh, with the Miami Marlins Jupiter. Let's get back to that as we teased coming out. So I mentioned the, the, the question I wrote, <laughs> do you think there'll ever be a time when they break away from Alabama or Auburn for the championship games in high school football? Well, you know, uh, 
the central board has not talked about it, but in looking at what's going on in the, with the playoff system uh, after this next year, there's a good chance that Alabama and Auburn may not be available to play in because of the way the playoffs and top four are going to get a bye, the next games are going to be at home fields and so forth. So if, if that happens, then where there's a three-way rotation now between Alabama, this year I think it's at Alabama, then next year it will be in Birmingham and then Auburn. Uh, somebody else is going to have to take their place. And uh, I think it's a great opportunity for South Alabama, for Troy, for some of these kid, uh, schools that's got, you know, 25, 30,000 and, and uh, great facilities. I think the kids will enjoy, you know, there's something about Alabama and Auburn in, in that tradition that it don't matter how big the stadium, just going in there and watching those kids walk, walk in the locker room and those kind of things are, are, are just memories sure. you never forget. But playing in a South uh, Hancock-Whitney or, 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 or uh, Birmingham or wherever, moving that thing around a little bit, I, I think will be just as successful for high school football as, as the Auburn and Alabama. Well, and I think when that decision was made to play in those two arenas, the other stadiums in the state didn't necessarily have the amenities that they did. Exactly. Now you've got newer spots in Birmingham and Mobile that can cater to that, plus you get that small, intimate environment that you're talking about, and, and you can move it around a little bit, and it makes sense. And it's good to move it around because of the volunteers it takes and not getting stale. I think that's what happened in Birmingham, you know, when they used to play in Legion Field every year. I think the the volunteers got stale. So by moving around every year and you only have it about once every three years or four years or ever how they end up doing it, I think that way there's excitement every time you play. And, and, and you're talking about a state championship. These people are going to come. You know, it don't matter if it's uh, – a northern team coming south or, or whatever, you know, uh, and I think they're going to have to move it around. I don't think they can play it at one location every year. Well, we're going to find out more about the SEC schedule come May when they have the spring right. meetings and they're going to release all that information. going to ask you also, you have uh, spring practice. Are you going May or are you going to uh, wait until July and add a week or two? How are you going to do it No, this we'll, we'll go spring. I, I like to see the young kids. That's who it's mainly for. Uh, I'm not worried too much about the Joe Lots and some of the older guys that we know what they can do. Uh, you know, if they're in track or they're in baseball or, or, or whatever they may be doing in the spring. Uh, you know, the main thing is making sure I get all my coaches out there and, and working because they do coach baseball and they coach track and they coach golf and, and uh, you know, in other sports. So we met yesterday, but I like the spring and kind of where I can get into the summer with who we think is going to be able to help us and, and not have to wait till that first week before we start. And it's, it's just everybody's opinion. I like the way we do it. I like whether you can do this or you can start a week early. So, you know, it's fair for both sides. And the ones who don't do it, they have their reasons for it. And, you know, it's not for me to, to try to tell them, man, you're messing up this, that, and the other. So, I asked uh, you if you're going to play anybody, and you, you said no. But I can remember coming to this stadium years ago when you did scrimmage. I remember you had a scrimmage against Baker one year uh, in the spring. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> or was that? That was preseason. Preseason. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. I don't, I've never. You never. In, okay. In the spring. My fault. So you had a preseason Back game. then, you know, you could, uh, you had 11 weeks. So a lot of people tried to play a preseason game that zero week and then play 10 straight weeks. 
Now you've had to change that some with scheduling and so forth. So, but I have never played a, uh, a spring the, game. And the reason for that is well, I just like everybody to play. I don't want to have to worry about planning for somebody else or, or doing anything. And again, it's each coach's preference. I like. I just like all our guys playing where I can get one more look at them. Instead of 11 of them playing, there's 22 of them out there playing. Well, we split up the team pretty even. And so this guy may be a backup here, but on that day he's going to start. And, and some guys show out. Do you like uh, – when we talked a lot about the whole scrimmaging other teams in spring games on the college level because Hugh Freeze made those comments. One of the ideas, and I'm curious, would you would you be in favor of more of an NFL – kind of training camp where these where these teams come together for a week and they don't scrimmage but they basically practice against each other would that be something that you would be for just so that your guys are button heads against somebody else even if it's twos on twos or threes on threes or whatever the case may be well we kind of do it with uh, some otas and some uh, seven on sevens uh you know we play some and 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 I'm not a big seven-on-seven seven fan either, but I do it three or four times just for our guys to see some speed and uh, some skill and, and that sort of thing. So I think it helps probably our our defensive guys a little bit more than it helps anybody else uh, because as far as the coverage, you're going to see five underneath, two deep, and uh, same stuff all the time, and, and that's not kind of feasible in a, in a game because when you see something like that, you're going to run the football. But in that, you got to throw it, so you're trying to throw against uh, seven people. And uh, uh, so, but uh, I like, you know, the OTAs are okay. Sometimes they get a little bit too physical, and you have to worry about injuries and and stuff like that because you're you're sitting there in helmets only. And, uh, you know, guys get competitive, so uh, you have to kind of watch it when you're doing that. Mention your coaches. Have you made any changes on your staff? No. uh, I lost uh, uh, Coach Campbell. Who went to Mississippi? Oh, right. Steve is up at Mississippi He's State. He's up now. at Mississippi State yeah. with Joy. It's funny. Two former South Alabama coaches, and both of them are are at Mississippi State, kind of offices right next to each other. So, but I lost him, who did a great job for us, helping Brandon with the offense and the offensive line. And I really like having the two offensive line coaches, especially with the knowledge uh, that those guys have. So uh, I don't know if uh, I'm going to replace that. I've talked to a couple people and. And uh, and uh, just kind of see where we are. But right now, everybody else is going to be back. Uh, we all know you're an Auburn alum. Do you feel better about the program in the hands of Hugh Freeze these days? Well, I think they're recruiting well. I think they're they're working hard. Uh, I was up at the clinic for one day, and uh, they got a long way to go. They've improved some at some places, but uh, you know, to me, it looked like quarterback was still a problem. And uh, and, you know, in a couple other positions, the running back really good. And uh, and they did better with the offensive line. And I think the defense is going to be fine. We but brought, we it's just going to take time. And, and the portal coming back open this weekend, it, it's going to be interesting to see where they think they need somebody. Because now when those coaches will go after specific needs uh, uh, on their team. Terry Curtis joining us in Air Sports 1. We spent a lot of time on this yesterday, and based on the press conference that Nick Saban had with the two quarterbacks competing, and then Hugh Freeze, after the A-Day game with his four quarterbacks up there, is asked about is he going to still look in the transfer portal. He insinuated, yes, he is, for maybe a quarterback. You've worked with quarterbacks for so many years. 
what's your what's your thought process on that as far as you know the psyche of a quarterback if you know you go through spring and and then you see your coach say yeah i I may be looking to pull somebody else in to bring you know in and and replace him or something to that effect well there's nothing like competition some people thrive on it some people don't like it and i think quarterbacks that kind of position a quarterback's hard to evaluate it's hard to to take one out of high school who may have been in this system or that system, and you look, he can make all the throws and he can do all this, but he can't process it. He can't get it quick enough out there to, to make it work. So it's a hard job to, to do it. So, therefore, all these schools now have been through spring. Now those guys have kind of looked, do I want to stay here and compete for this starting job, or I'm the guy, or am I going in the portal? So you're going to have some good quarterbacks, I really feel like, that uh, uh, are going to go in the portal. So, you know, you're going to have to make sure you pick what you think is the right one. If you can get one that's been experienced, that's played, uh, you know, that's even better. High school coaches are so concerned about the portal hurting chances of high school seniors. Has that been the case here at UMS Wright to get scholarships? Well, yeah, it's going to hurt, you know, because now you're not even getting the, the D2 guys and them, they're waiting to see who they lose. Because if they've got a really, really good player, now they're going to go into Portland. The D1's going to take them. So now they're going to go and, and they're going to try to uh, find one. You know, they're going to still take high school, but it's not going to be like it's been before where every team's taking 25. Now they're taking 10, 12, 8, cutting it in half. And that uh, there's not that many spots out there anyway. Yeah. So that's tough. Do it, is it is it is it something that needs fixing? I mean, I don't like it. People say they don't like it, but players don't seem to mind it unless they're the ones left out in the cold after saying they're getting in the portal. Coaches use it to their advantage. Um, it's making teams better. Is it a is it a problem? Well, I think it's a problem in that <laughs> these coaches now not only are they out there recruiting for their school this year, next year, whatever. But they're also having to recruit every day their own kids. Right. So that just adds to the uh, to the recruiting process, and which is already 24-7. And now you have to make sure you're making the kids you got happy. Yeah. And you know? what's happening is now kids who are happy are just looking for greener pastures. They're using – they're just – the experience they have at University A, they're just, they're just getting tape. Or film, so they can send to, to University B. Well, exactly. They, they want to go from mid-major to Power Five, or Power Five to national title well, contender. But, but even Power Five to better Power Five, yeah. the ones that's got the money. Yeah, you know they In make the NIL, it this here. Yeah. They make it here, but so and so over here is giving this. Yeah, and those kids talk. Yeah, they know what they get. So it never ends. It never stops, and uh, you never have enough money. Right. I don't even care if you're Alabama or whatever. You you never have enough money. For, for some There's, what these kids and they don't talk to you you know used to coach Saban coach die and those guys they were the best sellers of their school they'd go in there and tell them about what they were going to get at Alabama and how they were going to get them in the pros and they were going to do this that and the other now they go in there to talk that give that speech and that kid or that parent go whoa 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 how much am I going to get right Terry that's the first thing that comes up even before they get to talking about 
what they're going to have to offer and how they're going to get coached, how they're going to take care of them, all those things. They want to know how much, how much am I going to get. And I know we're running really short here, but quickly, there's no talk yet in Alabama about NIL in high schools, is there? Well, it's going to come. It's going, you know, it's going in too many states. All it's going to take is one case, and uh, then we'll have to deal with it. So far, we've been okay. All right, one final segment. We've got to take a break. We'll come back for a short one here. We'll wrap things up at UMS, right? A, a thanks to all the fine folks here at UMS for having us out. It's our Dr. Christopher Molinex Championship Drive, one final segment of the week right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hey, this is former Mobile TV sportscaster Eric Clemens, and when I'm in town, I listen to 105.5 FM Sports Radio, WNSP. One short segment left. want to thank uh, Coach. Thank you very much, Terry Curtis, for having us out and uh, all the fine folks here at UMS. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Your coaches did a good job. Appreciate it. Uh, we, we can <laughs> confirm that. They did no, a good job. They, I'm proud of them. They, uh, they're a good bunch. They, they love their sport, but yet they're team players, and uh, they pull for every sport here and, and every athlete. And so what are we going I'm golfing? I'm proud of my staff. What are we going golfing? Uh, we have our annual golf tournament. No, no, you for, and I, just you and I. Uh, we can go, uh, no, not this weekend. No, I was curious when Jay left. He said, I said, is Terry going to play in the, uh, he said, he don't like golf. <laughs> I don't play much. You drive the cart? Uh, no, somebody drives the cart. Oh, I because, ride in because you, you at the drink cart. <laughs> All right. I, I hear what you're putting down. <laughs> uh, I ride in the cart. <laughs> Did you ever drive a bus to a game with your team? Did you ever, we hear more and more about uh, coaches driving buses. Were you? Did you ever do that? No, I never got my CDL ever. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm it's never too late. Been a big Terry, it's never too late. Mark, Terry, Terry always drives with the police car that's leading the parade. <laughs> no, I usually ride behind the buses. Yeah. So. Now, when I was on the trip, you were in the front. <laughs> that was back in the day. Yes, it was. I what think was you follow. You follow. You followed. Well, you went. I, I traveled with you to follow. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys ran one of the most organized trips I have ever been on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Well, Terry knows now. If he's caught in the in, in, in a police car, that's going to get headlines. He can't, regardless of whether it's in the front exactly. or the back. Exactly. You got to give that uh, that credit to uh, uh, Gerald Bullet Jones. He's the one that does all the planning on the trips and where we're going to eat and where we're going to stay and and that whole nine yards. So we're getting off the bus. They're all getting pizza. As they're coming off the bus, I mean, wow, this was really planned. Then we went to a movie, and you, 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 the whole, the, only the UMS right team could go to the movie. I, I was really impressed by that. I had never seen that before. <laughs> you actually took over the whole movie theater. Well, uh, they, we, they, we got them to open up for us to, to waste a little bit of time. Terry's got some pull. I don't know. I don't know what you want me to say. The man, <laughs> the man's a legend. Uh, all right, so. Uh, where are we headed next week? Where are we taking Old Air Sports 1? Twice. We're going two next week? Yeah, we're going to go to St. Paul's on Thursday, Saraland on Friday. How about that? Lower. I know. How about that? That would be a big 